It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Tuesday, May 31st, 2016. Hello again, everyone. I'm Mario Halwani inside our New York City studio. Great to be back for another episode of the show. Of course, we were off yesterday. I apologize for that, but these things happen. Although I will say we did give you a lot of time last week, two episodes last week. If you missed it, where were you? I think most people by now saw it or at least heard it. Special Wednesday edition last week with Nate Diaz. Holy moly, that was something else. And thank you so much to everyone who tuned in, who sent feedback, who wrote about it, journalists writing about it. I mean, that was our most watched and listened to episode of all time. We made history last Wednesday on very short notice. Dare I say, we learned last week once and for all, I think, that Nathan Diaz is indeed a needle mover. I think that has been established. I could be wrong, but I think that's been established. So what a week it was from Monday's show with Michael Bisping and Chael P. Sonnen announcing to the world essentially that he was coming back. And uh, and then the Wednesday show with Nate Diaz. A lot of excitement, a lot going on, and the fun doesn't stop this past weekend. Special Sunday night edition of the UFC. A great card going into it, and I thought it delivered. And of course, it was headlined and highlighted by Cody Garbrandt's amazing win over Thomas Almeida in the main event. Some great performances from the likes of Jeremy Stevens, from the likes of Rick Story, from the likes of uh, Brian Caraway, and of course, a very polite title shot request from one Sarah McMahon. A lot to digest from that card, but there isn't a lot of time to do so because we got UFC 199 just five days away now. Inglewood up to no good. California will be hosting it. The LA Forum. I was there once, I believe in the eighth grade. I uh, visited that great arena, although they've completely renovated it now. I went to see the New York Knicks versus the LA Lakers. Um, and, and, and of course, now the Lakers play at the Staples Center. But it's very cool that they're at the Forum and not the Staples Center. I love it. And it's a great card uh, top to bottom. Luke Rockhold versus Michael Bisping. Uriah Faber versus Dominic Cruz. Two titles on the line. I mean, dare I say, this is a more intriguing card than most of the other ones in, uh, in 2016, as far as pay-per-view are, are, are pay-per-views are concerned. It's great. Fortunately, no BJ Penn. We found out last week that he has been removed from the card due to taking a uh, IV back in March. Talk about that a little bit as well. But let's run down today's show, because like I said, a lot of people to talk to, a lot to get into. And um, there's no time to waste on this special Tuesday edition of the program. Okay, here we go, here we go. Uh, at around 2.45, we're going to be joined by Stipe Miocic, the UFC heavyweight champion. We'll stop by to talk about becoming champion. And in case you missed it last week, September 10th, 2016, at the queue in the land, Stipe Miocic will be defending his newly won heavyweight title against Alistair Overeem, UFC 203. How about that? 225 will be joined by the aforementioned Uriah Faber just moments before he takes off for sunny Los Angeles. So we appreciate him stopping by. At uh, around 1.45, we'll be joined by Luke Rockhold, who's already in L.A., I'm told. So we'll talk to him about defending the title against Michael Bisping. 1.25, we'll talk to Chris Weidman in his first interview since having to pull out of UFC 199 and talk to him about the neck injury, where he goes from here. 
At either 205 or 305, we'll talk to Brian Caraway. Unfortunately, Paige Van Zandt had to reschedule. Uh, I was told she's dealing with some personal issues and totally respect that. So we won't be hearing from Paige today on the show, but I can assure you we'll be hearing from the runner-up in uh, this past season's Dancing with the Stars sometime in the near future. So no sweat there. Uh, waiting to hear back from Brian. I'll, I'll give you an update when we will hear from Brian, but we will hear from Brian at some point in the program. But first, and of course, we'll hear from you guys uh, throughout the uh, the show and in the back end of the show, we'll take your questions and comments. But first, let us go to the phone lines and welcome in the man who stole all the headlines on Sunday night. He was the main event. He called this shot on this show last week. He said that he would finish Thomas Almeida in the first round. And guess what? He knocked out Thomas Almeida in the first round. Cody No Love Garbrandt is on the phone right now. Cody, how are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me and putting me on the show. Oh, yeah. Always. Great to have you. Congratulations on the big win. Are we still on cloud nine or have you come back to earth? Yeah, man. <clears throat> I... uh Came back, you know, it was a good win. It was just a win over, uh, you know, a very tough Thomas Almeida. I knew the whole camp, and I knew for months, you know, that's why I asked this fight that I could do this to this guy. <clears throat> and then you get the critics and the, the people that are back in the fight saying this and that. So I knew I was going to do that. Um, it was awesome, you know. It's always awesome to get a win and get that adrenaline. So you don't really sleep, you know, after the fight. But, uh, yeah, I'm grounded and ready to get my next fight. And hopefully it's September 10th in the land. Okay, we will talk about that in a second, but just want to ask you about Almeida. You said to me afterwards that you tend to fight up to your competition. Like, the bigger the name, higher ranked, that's when you shine. Why do you think that is? Why, why, what is it about you that makes you compete that way? I really don't know. Um, you know, I spoke to my mom throughout this camp, and, you know, I told her this is my fight, that it's, you know, I'm going to come out of this fight. You know, this is a high-caliber fighter, very tough dude. And, uh, so I, you know, I, since I was younger, I always wrestled that way and boxed that way. The tougher the opponent, the more that I shine. Mm. Um, I just, I've always been like that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my competitiveness. <clears throat> I just get up, you know, there's no, the, no, I know that there's more to win. It's a win-win for me. I go out there and perform like I ought to perform. And I think it's honestly how I train, I train with, I train with the top guys in the world. So. For me to go and fight a lesser opponent, I kind of just feel like, oh, I'm not doing this. I do. I fight better people every day, so why should I fight down to their level when I need to be fighting up to my level, which is, you know, the, the top of the division. Being in Vegas, big Memorial Day weekend, you're the main event, you're on the posters, you're on the billboards, all that stuff. What was that experience like for you? That has never happened to you in the UFC. This is your first time. This was your first time main eventing. Just the whole experience of having all eyes on you. Everything is revolving around you and your fight. What was that like? I mean, it was nice and it was motivating to see like the billboards. My girlfriend lives out here, so she was sending me pictures of it and her friends. Just seeing it all over Vegas was was awesome. When I got to, when I got when I landed to Vegas with Chris, it's a humbling. You know, I worked my whole life. You know, I struggled my whole life and and dedicated my whole life out of this. And so to, for these times to be upon me, it's I kind of just take them all in and live in the moment and not let it get to my head. Just stayed focused all week. You know, I had my teammates there: Justin, Danny, Chris, <clears throat> my brother. We had fun, man. We had fun all week. Um, it was just great, you know, we were cracking jokes, just being the same thing, like it was just like another another day in the office, you know, Buck was always telling me, he's like, hey, when we're walking out to the cage, he's like, this is a, this is a blue mat, this motherfucker's coming to the blue mat, that's just what we were sparring at, he's like, 
what would, what would you do if he came in our gym and was on the blue mat trying to spar, spar you? You take him out. That's your blue mat. Go own your blue mat. Go protect your blue mat. And, uh, you know, just had fun just the whole week and just live in the moment and enjoy it all. I love that. That, that is a great uh, motivational tool. I, I love that out of him. Um, I think you broke a lot of people's hearts. You're, you're, you're spoken for now. You have a girlfriend now. This is, this is devastating news for yeah. a lot of people. Why do you have to drop that? Now all these women are going to stop following you and cheering for you. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope not, but yeah, she's a good woman. So yeah, we've been together a little bit, you know, for a while now. So things are good. Well, we're doing the long distance thing. How, how are we, how are we doing this? If you're in SAC and she's in Las Vegas? Uh, well, we fly to each other, you know, I'm here a lot and she comes out. So it's about, we do about two weeks is about as long as we can go and then <laughs> see each other. So we give us that two weeks, two week distance and we see each other and Especially in fight camp, that's what we're doing. But now we, you know, don't fight camp. Like, train out here a little bit and enjoy some of our life. What happened earlier in the week with uh, Almeida? Does, uh, explain to me what happened uh, near the elevators. I think you were alone. Was there some kind of altercation? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of the shooter box guys, and it's like, man, like every time, like I was alone, or I, I didn't have to have a crew of twenty walk me around. You know, I'm having fun. I'm tend to get a pedicure with my girlfriend. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these guys are trying to mean mug me every time I'm by myself. So I just stare at them like they're trying to punk me. Like, I've never been punked. I ain't going to punk me. So I just told them, I was like, you know, they're staring at me saying shit in Brazil. And uh, I was like, look, so you guys can mean mug me all, all all week. I said, you guys are cowardice. And you guys, you don't do this when I have my crew with me. You guys don't even look at me. You guys look at the ground. Because that's cowardly ass. And they just were, you know, obviously the language barrier but you know when someone wants to, you know, start shit or get, you know, like a big neck, you know, they're arching their neck up, chin up, like they got a big neck or big chest. Uh, so I just put my water down. I was like, we can get it right here. I was like, you're going to do this shit all week. You're going to try to corner me. I'm trying to say, I'm not a punk. I'll slap all you guys. <laughs> but it didn't even come into that. To the coming out, we just talked. And it wasn't even, it was really blown out of proportion. Um, but, I mean, that obviously is going to happen when you have two rising stars that are undefeated that, you know, there can't believe in Thomas. The Brazilian fans believe in Thomas. Like, my camp believed in me. You know, my coaches believed in me. So, obviously, you're going to have that hostility and that, that, that just, you know, you're going to fight on Sunday. So, it's that whole week. And I like that. I, invi- I, uh, I survive in that environment. You know, that's why I feel like, okay, this is a real fight. This is, you know, he wasn't altered. You know, it was no reflection on Almeida. Thomas wasn't doing it. I have no ill will towards Thomas. That's what I told him. I said, you're going to make this worse for, your, um, for Thomas. He ain't doing none of this. You guys are. So I'm going to go out there, and he's going to get the repercussion for it. You know, that made me pissed all week. They were trying to count, make, you know, punk me all week. Um, but like I said, I just warned their team, like, they better stop doing that. And uh, they still didn't try to, you know what I mean? We were passing each other in elevators, and they were trying to shoulder me, this and that, their coaches. And, you know, I'm humble in victory. I went over there and shook, shook their hand. Yeah. Are you there? No, not have those feels. We're going to have future matchups. We're kind of losing you now. Are you still there? Yep. Now you're back. We lost I said you. we're going to, you know. Go ahead. We're going to have future. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. We're back. All right. So we're going to have future matchups, you know, this and that. And his one coach didn't even shake my hand. So I was like, man, fuck you. You know what, what? I mean? I'm to have to come over here and, and talk to you nicely and give you guys respect. And you can't even shake my hand. I said, you are a coward. It was George Patino. 
didn't shake any of our coaches' hand. I said, yeah, you're down and out about your fight or fight, but show some respect. You just have no respect. That's why, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know. It was just, we got the last laugh, you know what I mean? They wanted to say this and say that and put a, a video up of me getting knocked, getting knocked out as an am, amateur. You know, getting knocked out as an amateur, saying I wasn't undefeated as an amateur. I haven't lost since that fight. I did everything wrong that fight. My whole lifestyle changed everything, and I haven't lost since then. I said I'll never fight like that again. And they wanted to put that shit up there all week, and it pissed me off. So, um, like I said, I was just warning them that they kept it up. I mean, it was going to be on the receiving end of an ass whooping. So you, you mentioned your team, and and you know you you know you come from Team Alpha Male now. You're a product of Team Alpha Male now, and you've got Justin Buckholtz, as you mentioned, and and Chris Holdsworth, and um, Danny Castillo. And of course, like the, the the alpha male coaching carousel drama is always in the news. Are you now like you guys, and especially the younger guys? Uriah is always talking about. It, he's always mentioning you. Are you almost going out there not only for yourself but to prove that like we're okay now? Everything that happened with Dwayne and Martin, like this team is doing fine. And you know, when you win, when you look good, now people start talking about them. I'm asking you about them. Other media members, like you, you think about that as well. Like not only do I have to win for myself, but I got to represent for these guys so that they start getting some respect in the sport. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, I go out there. I'm not fighting for myself. I never step in there alone. You know, I got a, my whole teammate, my coaches, my family my fans, my supporters, you know, out there with me. But, yeah, I step in there. Um, you know, I lead up. I, I weigh everything on my shoulders. But when I take that walk to the cage, it slowly starts to come off. And then my shoulders get loose and loose, and I get loose in there. I step in the cage, closer to the cage. All that pressure comes off. I just got to go out there and perform. And that's all I have to do, no matter what. I had the hardest camp I had this, this camp, you know, with some injuries and just my body just wasn't, responding right you know i don't know what it was um i was pushing myself super hard <clears throat> but you know my coach is believing me he's like all you gotta do man you show up on all i had to do is show up on saturday you know show up or i'm sorry show up on flight day and let my, you know just perform a lot of people they can't do that they can't turn that switch on when the, the, the lights are on and i'm a performer that's where i perform best is under the lights and um but yeah i had to go out there just like in February, I had to go out there and, and knock out, you know, my foe, you know, my adversary in February to get us started. And, uh, you know, it's been, we've been on tear. Yeah, we took some lumps here and there, but that's we have what happens. But um, to get the respect that Dustin, Justin, Danny, and Chris deserve, I, you know, I'm a product of them. I go in there and I go every day in there to, to the classes. I work hard. I, I'm, I'm a student of the game. Um, trying to lead by example, you know, I got, we have a good leader, Ryan Saber, 37 years old, you know, has over 40 some fights, been, you know, fighting the top guys his whole career. And he leads by example. He's our leader. He's in there doing the same shit. He's in there going three, four times a day training, you know, and, and just living that life and, you know, mixed martial arts lifestyle that he preaches to us about living and doing. So if you just follow suit, you know, to someone that's having longevity and success in his career, obviously he's it's he's, it's for a reason. You know, so I believe in those guys. You know, they're all UFC vets. <clears throat> they wouldn't tell me. I wouldn't. I never question what they tell me. If they tell me to stand on my head for ten minutes and go spar, that's going to make me a better fighter. I'll do mm-hmm. it because they're not going to tell me something that's not going to help me. You know, obviously they wouldn't tell me to do something stupid as that, but right. it was just an example. Um, those guys are so experienced. You know, they all have, you know, UFC fights and, and just 
been to that level, so they know what it takes to get there, and they're bringing it out in me. I don't know if you've been watching the uh, the new Embedded series for 199, but in last night's, they actually had a camera. I believe it was at Uriah's house as a lot of you know your teammates and friends were there watching Uriah, Chad Mendez. Um, I noticed significant others, all that stuff, watching your fight and going nuts, absolutely losing their minds when 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 he uh, when you won. Uh, have you seen this clip? And if so, what's that like to see your friends rooting for you and just having this you know this pure joy because of something great just happened to you? You know, that's why you bring that up. I just tweeted that out. Me and my girlfriend just watched that. And you know what? That is like, <clears throat> just seeing that just shows how much, you know, they care about me. I know they always care about me, you know, and they're there for me. They're always wanting to give me rounds of work. And it's a commodity. You know, they're family. I don't even look at it as a team. You know, they're brothers and, 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 you know, obviously I have some girls out there, so they're sisters. It's a family. Yeah. Um, but it's still just, man, like, that's people that I look up to, you know, my whole, whole entire life got, when I started getting involved in martial arts, like Chad, Uriah, Joe, you know, Danny, all those guys. Um, I looked up to them, so fun to see to see them so excited and happy for me with my biggest fight. Uh, it's just it's, it's awesome, you know. It's kind of it takes me back. It humbles me that you know they're so happy and they, they invest in me, and not only in the good times, you know, the highs and lows. It can, you know, it's not always not always going to be you know sunshine and rainbows out here. You know, they're going to be there for me, the highs and lows. I, I've seen that with other fighters and, and on the team. So that's one thing that I go in there and fight with. I'm not afraid to lose because I know that the people that really care about me are always going to be there with me. Um, I lost a lot in my life before. I've struggled my whole entire life. So I know if I just go in there and, and fight, and if I lose, I lose. But if I go in there and not perform to my best ability, I'll be more hurt than going out there and getting knocked out or getting beat up. So I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay without going out there and chasing this dream and uh, giving, giving it my best. And if, if it wasn't my night that night, then back to the drawing boards, but I'm not okay with not going out there and performing. Yeah, I loved what uh, Andre Feely tweeted you uh, with the hashtag outcasts and underdogs. I think I think that's great and perhaps describes you guys very well. So, okay, so you mentioned you want UFC 203, you want Cleveland, you want to fight at the queue, you're an Ohio native, you said this on Sunday night, uh, yeah, I tweeted, I mean, it just seems like a natural, even with the, the timeline, this makes perfect sense. And now you're on fire. You could be very high up on that card. You've had a couple of days now to digest. What do you want for that card? Let's put it out there in the world. Who do you want to fight on September 10th? You know, go, going into this fight um, with Thomas Almeida, um, you know, obviously, Aljamain Sterling and Brian Caraway matched yes. up too. They're talking about the winners facing each other. So... You know, I have no doubt in my mind that if Aljamain won, I would fight Aljamain. Mm. You know what I mean? Brian won. So now why can't I fight Brian? Why should I be fighting Brian mm. for, for you know, the next in line for a title shot, you know, or, or you know, that ranking up there. I just think I got ranked fifth. He's fourth. So, you know, let's, let's fight September 10th. Uh, I've seen him do some bantering in, in the media about how he says I don't deserve to be ahead of him. <laughs> but look, my win was dominant. My win was dominant. My win was no questions. You had a close fight with Aljamain. I went through there and destroyed my adversary in under three minutes. Who was looked at as untouchable, unbeatable. So I deserve, you know, I deserve not only to have the title shot in front of him, but he also says that he has the strongest jaw. He has a good chin. That's what he credits himself on. He has a good chin in the division, in the UFC. 
I have the heaviest hands in my division. I'm the hardest puncher, the fastest fighter in my division. So I said, why don't we put those to the test? No disrespect. Let's fight September 10th in Cleveland at the queue. Yes. For that number one contender spot. Yes. Brian Blair. I was hoping that you would answer that. Uh, you know, you you'd answer that question that way. I was hoping that that would be your pick. That's the fight I want to see. That's the one that makes sense. Weren't, weren't there some talks of you guys fighting not that long ago, or maybe you asked for it, or it was, he was a pro? Yeah, yeah, I asked for it. I asked for it, and we talked about it in the after weigh-ins. You know, I I, <clears throat> I have respect for Ryan Caraway. Of course, you know he went out there and proved that he was a fighter. You know, he fought against Aljamain, and you know Aljamain was beating him the first round and came back and. Uh, one, but I'm on a, I'm on a different level. With this is this I'm a, you know I'm on a different level. It's my time. Whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to knock out. So it doesn't matter. But I think Caraway, you know, Caraway's right there. Um, like I said, going into this fight with the two mat, but you know us all four in the bandweight division. That's what I was talking about. Next, whoever wins, the winners yeah. get the winners. You know, so I think we should keep that. And uh, my coming to my home state, you know, you got Stipe fighting for the title. Our defendant is uh, first title defense. Yeah, Ohio. We will sell that place out at the queue. I mean, I'm excited. So, whoever they give me the dance on that night, like I said, I'm gonna. They better have their boots tied tight. So I'm gonna knock them out of them. It don't matter. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm more motivated than ever, and I get to fight in my home state, and uh, that's more. That's even more motivation just to go out there and perform and give the performance to the fans that's been watching me since I was a kid with the dream. That is amazing. I, that's what I want to see. I hope that the UFC is listening. And I'm wondering, after the fight on Sunday, did you express this to any UFC brass? A, fighting in Cleveland, fighting on that card, and B, fighting Caraway. Any talks that you could tell us about behind the scenes where all the deals get done? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people came up to me oh. uh, that were in, in, the, in the UFC and was like, hey, like, you want the UFC card? He's like, you know, start asking for it. I was like, of course, you know, want to fight in September. <clears throat> you know, it's, I think that's perfect you know have three fights in one year you know last year i only had two um but i i, I deserve to fight in front of uh my home state i deserve to fight brian caraway you know um he's ranked fourth is i want a top five guy that's what i asked for um so yeah definitely um they asked you know just told me to start talking up who i wanted and hopefully you know we'll get the caraway fight and uh he proved to me that he was a fighter so uh I'm not gonna talk any shit on him. Uh, I'm just excited to go out there and and get this win from my hometown. So hopefully, uh, you know, he signs the dotted line and, and we fight in Cleveland. Uh, I appreciated the fact that you uh, you asked the rankers to actually put you in the top 15. You do recognize the fact that it's not the most prestigious. I mean, no knock on them, but if you actually look at the people who are a part of that committee, it's not really people who follow the sport on a day to day basis. So I wouldn't take. And you said five. I I looked. I looked on the page right now. I still don't see you unless unless it hasn't been updated or something. I can't imagine you're not going to be in there somewhere. You should be very high yeah. up, especially considered Almeida uh, was number seven. But uh, yeah. I, I, I don't lose too much sleep over that. All right, I just I just want to uh, tell yeah. you that uh, rankings never. You know what I mean? Like I said, I was not even ranked. I was an honorable mention. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want some respect. Yeah, you know, I go out and, and knock out you know Thomas in under three minutes. I just want some respect, man. But. I, I don't, you know, these hype trains that people, you know, build, have built, you know what I mean? That's what happens. I, I'm, I never, I never was like, I never, I, I have always earned everything in my life, you know what I mean? Everything that ever was handed to me. I'll, I'll, I'll fight tooth to nail if I have to, to deserve respect. That's why I want, I know that, that's another thing I had to fight these guys who get respect. Hmm. I'm fighting, you know, I'm, I finally got 
got my respect. And like I said, the UFC gave me the main event. I'm, I'm a main event fighter. Um, you know, I, that's what I do. I, I, I shine when the lights, the lights are on. And I hope that I continue to see that when I when I fight. And this is just the beginning. You know, I'm getting more comfortable in there. I'm nine fights in now. I'm about to have my tenth fight. But like I said, a lot of these fighters let let people in. I don't know, so more so the company or what build these hype trains, and they, and they not even that, but they believe their own hype. When you start believing your own hype, that's when you get fucked up. That's mm. when you get beat up. You know, what I mean, you got to remember that you're human, and that you know we're not. You know, we're humans. We're in a sport that we're. That's a reminder that we're human. You know, so you don't believe in your own hype. Um, you know, that's what happens. A lot of these fighters they believe in their own hype, and then they start doing things that they haven't been doing, and. and lose that vision of what got them there and uh i'll, I'll never lose that vision and i know i've i've been i've been on the highest highs and i've been knocked back down the mountain i'm still i'm that little i'm that climber that keeps climbing i keeps climbing maybe a slow slow climb but i keep climbing and uh whoever they get me next but hopefully september 10th that'd be amazing Last quick thing, and just jumping off that point, I mean, you talked about your record. It's an amazing record, 9-0. Eight of those wins have been finishes, KO or TKO, another one on Sunday. Just one decision win. Um, and, and like you said, you, you proved your point. And I'm wondering if you are noticing that now. Like you, you called, I had a cab driver actually email me because he was offended that you were calling some of Almeida's previous opponents cab drivers. But you went out there and proved your point against a guy who was undefeated who had double the amount of fights that, uh, that you had going into it. Do you, do you sense a difference now just from you know, social media, the way people are talking about you, treating you? Do you sense that you have gained some of that respect that you were looking for? Oh yeah, uh, most definitely. You know, um, uh, you know, I definitely see that. You know, walking walking Vegas and just the, the the fans and even the Brazilian fans. You know, that wanted me to get you know or messaging me all week that I'm gonna die and you know and I really you know that then they they get converted and they're like hey you know we're just fans like I love people that stick stick with their their uh, their fellow countrymen. You know, I mean he's a Brazilian or Brazilians came hard, but. Yeah, I definitely got the respect that I deserve. And uh, like I said, I have the most respect for Thomas. You know, it's a fight game. I'm not in there to be your friend. Uh, you know, I'm not in there to do that. You know, we can fight and fight and have put on a good show for the fans and the crowd and the company. And then we can be cool after that. You know, that's how I am. Um, but I'm a fighter. I, I I take all that. You know, like you said, I'm saying that he's going to knock me out in the second round. I knew right there he lost the fight. I was already up. I just had to go out there and perform. If you truly believe in yourself, you got to knock someone out in the first round. You know, you say that. You don't say a second round. And that's why I said with everyone, all the critics saying it's going to be fight of the year, take this fight of the year. I took that. That pissed me off. Cause that means I was going to be in a fight with him. No. I, I, I said, what I said to them, that it's going to be fight. I'm going to get knocked out of the night. For my, you know, I'm going to knock this guy out in the first round. I said, it's not going to be fight of the night. When people are saying it's going to be fight of the year and this and that. It kind of pissed me off and motivated me more to train because I don't want to be, you know, into a. I didn't see them on my level. I wanted to show what kind of level that I was on, and I got to go out there and do that. So, uh, just very happy with my my coaches and my teammates getting me ready, my family being there for me, and all my fans and supporters. 
Well, you proved your point, my man. What a performance. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, you called your shot and uh, you backed it up. And that's a great thing to see. It's a great thing to actually watch unfold, especially for a young up-and-coming fighter. You are there. I hope you get that fight. I hope you get the fight September 10th at the Q, home of the Eastern Conference champions, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. They won't win the title, of course, but, you know, Eastern Conference runner-up isn't uh, isn't too bad. Oh, come on. <laughs> we gotta, we'll, we'll text after this and we'll put a bet on it. How about that? Fair enough. All the Cleveland fans are hating right. me these days. Um, and, hey, uh, you know, good luck to the team, of course. I know, you know, your eye is a big part of the team. What a way to kick off that week for him, you winning on Sunday and then him fighting for the belt. Good luck to the team. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you very soon. Congratulations again. Thank you, brother. Have a good one. All right, there he is, Cody Garbrandt. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Like I said, called his shot. Uh, remember the name, and he certainly deserves your attention and respect. And, of course, if you're part of the rankings committee, he deserves to be ranked as well. Okay, let's move along. Uh, of course, UFC 199 was supposed to be headlined by Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman. A couple weeks ago, we got the unfortunate news that Weidman would no longer be able to fight due to a neck injury, a serious neck injury. He is so kind enough to be joining us right now on the phone to talk about this and a whole lot more. Chris, how are you? Hello. Chris, you good? Yeah, my neck hurts. Okay. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming. I'm sorry if I sound weird, but my neck hurts. Okay. I'm so- well, I, I appreciate you doing this. Um, c- can you tell us how you're feeling right now? Oh, uh, I'm trying to get by every day. Every day is a new day. <laughs> Are you playing a prank on me here? <laughs> What's going on? I'm sorry. Jesus I'm, I'm on the MMA hour. I got, I got a little crazy. Wow. I made geez. it. I finally made it. Wow. You made it. Here you are. Oh, I made it. I made it. I feel big time now. Jeez. I, I was almost going to sit and cry in the I corner. I don't know what's bigger, me fighting at UFC 199 or being on the MMA hour. No, this is way bigger. Screw that card. You didn't need that. This pays better. I couldn't agree more. You got a Reebok deal on this show. Remember that? I remember that. Shoes, too. They're telling so- you. They're right What's over that? there. You got shoes too. Yeah. I got them right over there. Are um, they in the office? They're right here. Yes. Nice. They're, they're right next awesome. to my right. Yeah. You can't see them, but they're there. Thank Trust you. me. Collecting dust. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, but honestly, Chris, I mean, that, that's some serious stuff. A lot of people are concerned. How are you <laughs> feeling? Like, can you do normal things? Are you fine as long as you're not getting punched in the face? What's that? What'd you say? <laughs> How are you doing physically? Like, can you actually go about your, your normal life, even though you're dealing with this? Um, I just started to be able to, um, I'm, I'm most likely getting surgery this, uh, this next week coming up or the week after, um, still, still hearing back from some doctors and listening to different opinions and options, but I've been trying, I went to Pittsburgh and I went to, I've had FaceTime videos with different doctors from around the country. And I've had, uh, I went to the city multiple times and seen a bunch of doctors out in the city. So I've been just getting as many options and opinions as possible because when you're dealing with a neck injury, uh, someone's going to be digging into my neck yeah. with a knife. I'm going to have to feel comfortable with it and, and understand everything and completely be educated. So that's kind of what I've been up to. Uh, but as far as living everyday life, like, so um, it's it's got better. The, the pain has finally calmed down. I got a second epidural injection. Um, and uh, now I can go through my everyday life without taking painkillers. But for about two weeks straight, I was on painkillers uh, nonstop throughout the day and at night i could not sleep it's i felt I, I was like getting depressed because i mean you don't want to be one of those guys who are on painkillers i was always kind of against taking them and i just literally couldn't go through a normal day uh without being on them and 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 i'm the type of guy who needs a lot of sleep and not being able to sleep was just miserable so i was like depressed and i'm painkillers obviously i pulled out my fight it was just it was just a lot of things colliding at once uh but now i'm good now i'm good i'm 
especially I'm hearing some good news from the surgeons. Uh, you know, it looks like it's not going to be, you know, when you hear neck surgery, when I first, when I first heard that I needed a neck surgery, I went, went to my, actually I heard as soon as a, a legit doctor saw my MRI scans, they're like, all right, you're going to need a, you need a surgery. And I'm, I kind of like laughed on it because I was still scheduled to fight. I'm like, well, that's not an option. I'm doing uh, epidurals. And he's like, well, that's not going to work. I'm like, well, can you get me to an epidural guy? So he got me to an epidural guy. And the guy, that guy even said the same thing. He was like, you know, I'm not too confident that this is going to solve the problem by looking at the MRI imaging. And uh, I kind of just was like, whatever. As, if it takes away some of this pain that I'm going through, I don't care. And when this was happening, I didn't realize, but I had this crazy weakness um i didn't even realize i guess for a while in my tricep like my back and my forearm area mm -hmm. i was kind of just mentally blocking out for a while um but now looking back i realize i've actually had this weakness uh for a while and uh and i'm just and now i, I finally i guess the weakness came before the pain is, is the problem uh when the pain came is when i started going to the doctors uh and then i realized that i had some serious serious issues with the weakness as well but what, uh what kind of procedure are you leaning towards because you can obviously go like i, I know you, kurt angle reached out to you and you mentioned pittsburgh so i'm assuming mm -hmm. you you went to his doctor um there are some mm -hmm. less invasive more invasive potentially you know puts you on the sidelines for a while what are you leaning towards now do you have any idea yeah right now it's looking like it's going to be a uh um through the front of my neck uh they go in and they drill a hole through my uh through my vertebrae, mm -hmm. like a tiny hole, and they take this tool that they had to like create just for the surgery. First of all, the, the doctor in Pittsburgh, he actually uh, created this surgery. It's, I guess it's called the Joe Technique, J-H-O Technique. Uh, but there's one other doctor that does it in the city now uh, that, that that's really good, too, this guy named Dr. Rue. So I'm pretty much between Dr. Joe and Dr. Rue. Uh, both are from China, actually, which is which is funny. But, you know, they got to be smart and... Uh, so they basically they go through the they go through the vertebrae, and they scoop out the herniation. And um, where my herniation is, they're both pretty confident um, that they could clear it up 100. percent And I literally could be back to training pretty uh, pretty much right away. Like they just have to wait for the. the I mean, the only issue I have is that the, I'm gonna have a scar. So cleaning up. I mean, I just we just kind of have to wait for the scar to heal, and that's about it. Wow. So so, so like I could kind of go right to strength training and. And stuff like that right away. Um, and then I guess after four weeks, I think I could go right into everything, like pull out everything. So when you posted the statement after withdrawing from the fight, you said that you were you were gunning for the November MSG card. If you get one of these procedures done by either doctor, that's on the table? That's definitely doable? Yes, yes. And the thing that was so hard is that um, a lot of these, you go to, there's only so many doctors that do this procedure to the front of the neck, and then you hear the hear from the other doctors that don't do it, and they're just like they just put it down, they just yeah rip it apart, and they said there's not research on it, and you need a fusion. That's the thing that's going to work, but you know when you do a fusion, it could compress. You know, there's a lot of research and a lot of people that say don't do the fusion because it puts pressure on the rest of your spine, and if you have any other issues, most people that have herniations and bulging discs and, and things like that have no symptoms at all. Hmm. Um, I, um, and I guess I have, I have four bulging discs and uh, two herniations, but only one herniation I actually have symptoms from. So um, I guess that's just like any normal athlete will have this stuff. I'm just kind of unlucky because these symptoms started coming. So how do you pick and I knew, one? I knew now I'm looking back, it's crazy because at the at the NCAA's wrestling tournament, which was I guess a couple months back, it was like in the beginning of my training camp, Yeah, I was in pretty good shape. My weight was low. 
And I could always bang it. One of my exercises that I, that exercises that I was actually good at was pull-ups, always. I kind of suck at everything else, but pull-ups, I, was always, I could always get, you know, 20 to, like, 30 pull-ups. Easy. Okay. Well, tw- at least 20, easy. So I'm, I'm at this NCAA tournament, and, they, you know, the military guys up front, and they have a pull-up bar. And I'm like, and everyone, everyone kind of knew who I was. They're like, why haven't you do it? And they got me to go up there. I'm like, all right, I'm just doing 20. I'm jumping off. I'm not doing any more than that. I got the 12, and I was struggling at six. And I'm like, what the hell's going on with me? And I, I just, I didn't put it together. I blamed it on like maybe I haven't done pull-ups in a while. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little heavier. I don't know. I just kind of like blamed it on different things. But now I'm looking back. I'm like, man, I must have had this weakness. I don't know when this weakness started. It's hard to put your finger on it. And then also push-ups was the, another issue. <laughs> I'd be doing. Ray would have me be hitting the bag, and then have me do twenty push-ups, and it was such a. I get the twenty, but it was it was gr- it was a grind to get the twenty push-ups. Usually, you know, I fly obviously right through that. No secret, um, no secret. You've had ups yeah. and downs in your life, your career, all that stuff. But the moment where you had to say, you know, and it wasn't that long. It was like two and a half weeks ago. You know, two and a half weeks out when you had to say that you can't do this fight, and knowing how much it meant to you and how much the loss meant. What was that day like for you? Uh, it was really tough because I was I was still on board. I was still gonna fight. Um, I was I was because I was feeling I was in such good shape, man. I was feeling better than I ever felt, and so to, to back out of this fight was just blew my mind because I, I was just there was no thought in my mind I was ever gonna back out of this fight, uh, no matter what. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was kind of de- it was kind of depressing. So basically, it was it wasn't really even me. It was. My coaches were like, you're done. I did an epidural. Mm. Um, so I hurt my neck pretty bad, obviously. It was, I was in a lot of pain. Um, I didn't, and it wasn't from like anything crazy. It wasn't like I got, uh, you know, my neck, you know, I didn't get dropped on my neck or anything. Nothing really happened. I just kind of woke up with it after, you know, working out the day before. And uh, it was pretty damn painful. So we ended up getting epidural after seeing the MRI images. And after, after the epidural for like a day, I felt good. I'm like, no, I'm going to work through this. So I started working out. And then another day later, I was in so much pain again. And it was bad. And so we were scheduled another epidural, but we had to wait like another couple of days until we're allowed to do an epidural. You have to wait a certain amount of time. And uh, and there was no guarantee the epidural was work was going to work. And the surgeons and, and even the pain people were like, no, it's, not, it's probably not going to work. If the first one didn't work, it's probably not going to work again. And uh, my coaches were kind of like, listen, you got this weakness, you know, and you're in this much pain. I wasn't sleeping. Um, so I was still trying to get these workouts in. But it was pretty bad. And my coaches were like, you can't, you can't do this. Mm. Not gonna, they weren't going to let me. And I kind of got double teamed by Mark Henry and Ray Longo. Damn. And they were like, and I was, was, was kind of devastated. But uh, if the closest people to me, you know, who love me and want to see me do the great, you know, see me do great things, are telling me that they're not going to let me fight. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's not much I can do. I said afterwards that I felt like it might be a blessing in disguise for you. Obviously not getting hurt and having surgery, but you know, in, in the fight game, you, you lose for the first time. Maybe sometimes it's important to just get your confidence back, your mojo back in the ring. Of course, you're getting in and training, but in the ring, getting a win under your belt and then going for the belt again. Have you been able to look at that silver lining and be like, you know what, maybe this wasn't the right time to go for the belt against the same guy. Maybe this delays thing. I return you know, in, in, in November in New York and... You know, because these little things, right? You know, this is how your career unfolds. Have you been able to look at the bright side yeah, or not I mean, yet? I, I, um, I, I see your point. I don't see the, 
I mean, honestly, I, didn't, I can't, I can't, couldn't imagine me losing this last, this next fight with mm-hmm. him. I just felt so damn good. So that's what sucks. It's just I just felt so ready more than ever, especially you know even training with you know switching things up, training with Mark Henry a lot, uh, a lot more studying of the tape and like getting to know Luke style and the things we were working on. I mean, I just felt so confident against Luke that it was really hard for me to uh, imagine losing to him. So, Have you been told that upon returning, if it is MSG and what a scene that would be for you, you were one of the main guys pushing for all of this as far as fighters are concerned. Have you been told that you're getting a title shot upon returning? No. I mean, everybody's kind of just worried about my well-being right now. No, yeah. I'm not talking, we're not talking who I'm fighting or for what, if it's for the belt or not. Uh, so obviously, no. I, I would want. I would want to fight for the belt, but um, the main thing is that I get my neck taken care of and take a step at a time. Is there any chance you get this procedure and it's career threatening, not life threatening, but just that you know, because you do a sport where you need. I mean, it is a pretty physical sport. You don't need me to tell you. Is yeah. there any chance of that at all? So uh, no, it's it's really low risk. Okay. Um, so they said. Uh, Dr. Ruth said that uh, 90 to 93 percent. I don't know where he gets these numbers from. I don't know based on research or his right. his pers- his his uh, actual surgeries that he's done on similar cases. But 90 to 93 percent is going to take all the weakness away and take all the pain away, and I'll be back to 100 um, percent. But the good thing is, as soon as you wake up, he, he says, "I'm going to know if it worked." Wow! So he'll know if he got all the material out and it's not on the nerve anymore. So. I think the option is as soon as I wake up and they, they try to push, because right now I literally could do three push-ups. That's what I'm down to. Wow. And, uh, and so my triceps are pretty weak and my, like whatever little muscles in my body from this never again, uh, beat up from this thing, but they're going to, uh, they're going to know right away. They're going to do an exercise with me and know if the strength is back and if the pain is there, I'll, I'll be able to know everything. And if it is, if it's still there, then they're going to put me right back in the operating room and I'll probably do a disreplacement. Wow. And that's, that's actually enough time to get me back for November two. Uh, suppose that's the same surgery that I guess uh, Rick Story just had done. Yes, that's right. And he just mm-hmm. came back and uh, fought on Sunday. Are you going to be able to yeah. watch one ninety nine on Saturday night? Um, yeah, I'll be able to watch it. It won't. It won't bother you. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll bother me a little bit. But what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. I gave like a gift. Give him two gifts. So, what's the second gift? Bisping. <laughs> the first gift was me throwing that spinning back kick. Right. Okay. And the, and the second gift was Bisping on a silver platter. You don't think he has a shot? Title fight in the history of title fights. So you're not picking Bisping. You don't think he has a chance? <laughs> um, I really, I don't, I don't know, man. Unless me- mentally somehow Rockhold is just beats himself I, I can't see no i can't really see him losing though are you hoping that he wins so that he's still the champion you want to get that that fight back um i'm not hope. i'm not really hoping anything okay you're indifferent man may the best man win that's it but i, I just I mean just by looking at it uh yeah i don't think Bisbing has a chance um and that's d- not just because Bisbing bad mouths me every word out of his mouth it's not right. because of that I think the truth. <laughs> did you see some of the things that that were said? I mean, did did that get under your skin when you're you know dealing with injury and people saying that you're weak and all that stuff? That I'm weak? 
Yeah, you know, he was saying that, you know, he sent, he sent out a tweet about, um, you know, when he was trying to get the fight, I think, about, you know, how you, you, you broke down or something. And I know you received some, some shots from other people because it's not the first time you pulled out of a fight. Did that bother you? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, no, no, I don't, I don't even know if I saw the Bisping thing, but, I mean, Bisping, Bisping, like, I mean, these are things that, uh, it was uncontrollable, you know, it's not something, it wasn't like I was training unsmart and I uh, did something stupid. Um, this is just something that was uncontrollable that happened. I mean, it's kind of like me making fun of Bisping's eye. I wouldn't, I really wouldn't do that. And uh, calling him out on if he needed to get his eye surgery or not. I mean, it's just kind of stupid. So, um, obviously, he's gonna have to take care of what he's gotta take care of, and I'm not gonna make fun of somebody that uh, has something that he can't control. So, did you actually speak to Kurt Angle? Uh, I saw him reach out to you. Did you guys actually talk on the phone? Did he give you any kind of good advice? No, we've been uh, we text, we're texting and direct messaging back and forth, and he gave me a lot of great advice. Um, him, and then I actually had a phone call. I had a forty-five minute conversation with Mark Coleman. Wow! Uh, because he actually got the same, he got the same surgery done from Doctor Joe in Pittsburgh. Okay. So he's he he was high on it. He, I mean, I guess it. He walked right out of there feeling a hundred percent, and um, he he was going. He had issues in his neck for about two years, and but he said you know he was living. He just had to take these fights. He wasn't. He couldn't do the surgeries, and then he found out. And then Kurt Angle reached out to him and told him about Doctor Joe, and he went to him and got it taken care of. And he was like, it's the first thing in his mind was that he wanted to pay back all of his sparring partners, <laughs> all his training partners for the past two years from taking advantage of him. Wow. That's amazing. The legend Mark Coleman. Okay, I found the tweet, by the way. I just want to be, be accurate here. He said, training camps separate the boys from the men. This sport isn't for everyone. Two weeks notice, I'm down. I've seen less brittle Pringles than some of these middleweights. Hashtag USADA. That, that's, what, uh, that's what Bisping tweeted when the news came out that you had to pull out. So just for the record. Yeah. I hope that USADA thing's not a shot at me. Because uh, right. I've never taken anything in my, in, in, in my life. And I don't think anybody would ever say or say that I have. Um, and there's a lot of people that say that Bisping has, like like his friend Rampage. So I don't know. And, and that's a guy who was very close to him. So I don't know why he would hashtag Uzada. He's got his people clo- that were closest to him calling him out. So be careful what you're, what you're saying, buddy. Um, so when do you decide? Like how soon? And, uh, and as far as pulling out, yeah. pulling out of fights, I saw an article that bothered me. It said like I pulled out four times. Out of, I pulled out out of four uh, title fights, and I, I didn't. So that's not a fact. There was this. It was this one, the Rockhold one, and uh, one with Vitor uh, that I po- we postponed two months. So those are the only times I actually pulled out. The other time was because of I don't was it Leota. Uh, oh, yeah, when, uh, the other time was because Vitor Belfort actually failed the drug test. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they weren't sure who they're going to give me. They ended up giving me a little Machida. But at the same time, I had a knee injury. So I'm like, you know what, let me get this knee injury taken care of while they're figuring out who I'm going to fight. And so I moved it like two months down the line to fight Leota. But that wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just take care of myself because uh, Vitor failed the drug test. When do you decide which surgery you're going to go with, and when would you like to have this surgery? I'm assuming sooner rather than later, right? Um, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be sooner than later. Is it the possible? thing I was running into was like some doctors were saying, you got to get this taken care of now, like ASAP, because the nerve is getting damaged every second by every day. And then other doctors were like, you know, there's a good chance if you just wait another couple of weeks, it just goes away completely and you're back to normal. Wow. And so I'm like, damn, I don't know what, I don't know what to believe. 
but it looks like I'm probably going to be getting surgery uh, the next week or two. And and by the way, how difficult is that? I mean, at the end of the day, how do you even decide which route to go when you have people, you know, you have one doctor bashing one procedure, another, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine how tough of a decision that is. How do you end up picking one? This is your life. This is um, your health. I, I mean, I haven't made the final decision yet, but I tell you, I'm just trying to do everything I can in my power to, to use my brain, you know, just educate myself and speak to as many smart people as possible, get as many opinions as possible from as many doctors and even, even talk to my friends. I want to know what my friends and my family think. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, pray and uh, use my brain and make a decision, and uh, I won't look back. By the way, before I let you go, speaking of uh, one of your friends, Aljamain Sterling, suffered a tough loss on Sunday. Did you, uh, did you happen to speak to him afterwards? And if so, did you share any advice? What, what, what did you take away from that that you can help? Because, you know, sometimes you don't need me to tell you again. Loss early in your career could be maybe the best thing to happen to you, right? It, it helps change things up, humble you, whatever the case may be. Have you been able to speak to him at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't speak to him on the phone yet. Okay. Um, but I just, I, I, we went back and forth on text messages. And I pretty much just said what you said. You know, I think this is going to be, this kid is so talented. It's not like you looked at that fight and said this kid is not anywhere close to how good we thought he was. He is as good as we thought he was. Caraway did a good job. He, he made uh, some smart moves in there. And won the second and third round. I mean, there was some, there was small mistakes in there. I, I wouldn't call it mistakes because it's all, it's all about learning. And, and I think he's going to learn a lot out of that. But there was times where you know there was Carrie uh, was on takedowns and he decided to go for the choke uh, instead of really fighting defense. And 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 the guillotines I think kind of uh, uh, gave Carrie the takedowns. I mean, but Carrie, I was impressed with Carrie. Man, he chased the back like an animal uh, on the case and stuff, the way he was trying to take the back and the way he kept uh, Aljamain down is impressive because I know how good Aljamain is. Uh, so all credit to Caraway with the win, but I think this is going to only be, help Aljamain get that much better. Uh, final thing, Chris, uh, I, I know maybe you were a little hesitant to, you know, how to put this out because of the feedback from people, but I couldn't help but notice when you posted your statement, all the positive messages that you received from fans. Did that surprise you at all? Did that blow you away? It felt like it was like 95%, if not more, in your favor, people supporting you. I thought it was pretty cool in this day and age where you often hear about negativity online. Did you even read yeah. that stuff? Did you notice it? I, I did. I usually try not to read as much as I can, but I, I think I peaked the first couple. I'm like, oh, wow, they're actually nice. Yeah. And then I had to keep them going down. I'm like, wow, they're still nice. <laughs> so I kept on going. Yeah, it was really nice, man. I appreciate everybody who, uh, you know, wrote something nice to me and and, and are supporting me throughout the, t the tough times. You know, usually it's the fair weather fans, you know, um, and especially when you pull out a fight, people get pissed. Um, but I think because I was honest with everybody, let everybody know exactly as much detail as I could with what happened with me, with, you know, the injury, the weakness, and, and it being my neck. Um, people, people understood where I was coming from. It was amazing. I, I was blown away. Pleasantly surprised. Also pleasantly surprised, I must say, to hear the the kind of spirits that you're in right now you seem to be in a pretty good place this is not you know i remember after that infamous uh vitor injury uh you came on via skype and you were clearly down but you seem to be handling this very well so at first this kind of started yeah. off a little rough i gotta say with your voice you scared the crap out of me <laughs> you're was, like oh man this guy's living like in some crack house somewhere. yes a hermit Stoned. yes so, so uh, i don't know so maybe it's because i experienced that like 20 minutes ago and now here you are you know laughing and stuff but uh this is great to hear i'm i'm i'm, I'm pleasantly surprised as well so thank you for reassuring me chris 
Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Get well soon. Keep us posted on the surgery, and 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 I wish the best for you, my man. I hope everything goes well. I hope you get a quick recovery, and the the surgery is great, and that you can realize that dream of fighting at MSG because it wouldn't be the same without you. No one deserves it more than you. I don't care what anyone says because you did the work on the front line. So, uh, good luck to you, and you. and please please keep us posted. All right, man. Thank you. Take uh, care. All right. There he is, Chris Weidman, stopping by. Great to hear from him, and, and, and great to hear that he is in good spirits as well. Okay, let's go from Chris Weidman to the man that he was supposed to be facing this Saturday. Luke Rockhold is joining us right now on the phone. He is the UFC middleweight champion, and he headlines UFC 199. Luke, how are you? I'm great. Nice busy day here in L.A. I'm on business. Yes. What is this, uh, media day today for you? This is media day. Aren't they all media days? <laughs> you seem, Aren't they all? You seem to be loving it. Are you having a blast? Uh, enjoyable. Very much so. What about Game 7 last night? Can we just talk about this for a second? How nervous were you? And is it possible, like I have an extra pep in my step because my beloved Warriors actually pulled it off. What about you? To see your team do that as you're about to defend your title, that's got to be pretty inspiring, right? I'm feeling pretty damn good. You know? <laughs> the base is doing pretty damn good. Warriors, finals, Sharks in the finals. I'm about to, you know, I'm going to win their first world title of the year. You know, one at a time. Defend and win. Although the Sharks lost game one. Uh, it's yeah, still- they did lost. But, but I have faith in the Sharks, man. It's been a long road. They finally made it. So I'm excited for them, too. But uh, the Warriors defend. They win. And I defend. It's going to be a damn good start to the, you know, little start to the summer. Did you, I guess you could say. Did you recognize this, that in the next three weeks or so, NorCal can be home to the UFC middleweight champion, UFC bantamweight champion, the NHL champion, and the NBA champion. And then in a month or so, DC as well, you can include the light heavyweight champion. That's pretty amazing. Well, technically, he is a light heavyweight champion at this point. No, right? I mean, but I mean, like, <laughs> after getting over that fight. But yes, we can say we can include. I was just talking about, like, everyone getting through that, you know, yeah, that next no, test. Yeah, of course. It's gonna be hey, I, I I love it. I love the, the sound of that. It's gonna it's gonna I mean good good party. I think we should all get together and enjoy this one. Uh, so we just spoke to Chris Weidman, and he said that he's given you two gifts in your life. The first gift was the spinning back kick that you know kind of led to his demise in that fight, and the second was pulling out so that he gave you Michael Bisping on a silver platter. Uh, do, do you agree with him on that second one? He said this is the easiest title fight in title fight history. Do you concur? Uh, I think, I think he might've been easier. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I, my opinion. I think Disney is just a little bit funner. You know, it's more tactical. It's gonna, I'm going to enjoy it more. It's going to be, it's going to be funner for the fans, you know, where Whiteman just kind of fights ugly and fights with his balls, comes forward and, and, uh, you know, might get a little sloppy, but, you know, I, I, I pick him off fairly early. I think he overextends. Or Bisping, I can let you play around a little more with him and pick him off. You know, here and there, and then uh, find my kill shot. So when you, f- I, you know, I think, I think, you know, I think they're both in the same department. I think I've finished this fight in similar fashion. So when you found out that Wyman was out and Bisping was in, you actually thought that this is a tougher fight for you, the Bisping fight. No, I, I thought it. Was, I thought it was. It's more. It, it excites me more. It's going to be fun. It's going to be mm. fun for me. It's going to be fun for the fans. It's, I like tactical battles. You know, I like outsmarting them. I like. I like using, uh, you know, adjusting and and, uh, and making making my points. Where Weidman just kind of fights like an idiot. He just fucking runs forward and and uh, exposes himself and, and kind of overcommits and relies on his toughness. 
where Bisbing tries to make it more more tactical, and I, I enjoy that that process of, of uh, you know, from finding my shots and and outdoing them, outsmarting them in the cage, and, and putting them away. Since your your win over Bisping in November of 2014, he's won three in a row against some pretty good competition, most notably Anderson Silva. Do you think that he's a better fighter? Has he gone better since that fight, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he seems like he's done well for himself. He, he's won some tough fights, no doubt. But uh, I think I think who's gotten better is me. Uh, and uh, as bad as it was for him last time, it's going to be that much worse. And, you know, I'm not not just about beating Disney for me. It's, it's about going out there and, and doing something different than last time and uh, doing it faster. You know, I, everyone knows me from my left kick. Everyone knows I got the right hook. It's time to it's time to step it up and add something more and to put them away with something different. And that's what I expect to do. You know, it, it's uh, people are going to go, they're going to see something different. They're going to see a one-of-a-kind knockout, something, something you've never seen before. I'm, I'm going to put on a clinic. Wow, one of a kind knockout. What, what, what are we thinking here? Can you give us a hint? You're gonna see something different. Whoa! I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna pull out all the stops for Bisbee, just for Bisbee. <laughs> um, hey, I want to play you a very quick clip. This is him talking about the first fight last week on this show. This is what he said he did wrong in that fight. I want to see if you agree with him. Here's the clip. I made some mistakes in that last fight. I was closing the distance, then I was going out of range. I was going in and out the whole time. This time, I'm not going to play the long game. I can't afford to do that. He's going to have the better conditioning, let's be honest. If it goes five rounds, I'm, I'm going to slow down and slow. So I'm going to look to take him out of there early. I'm going to close the distance, push him up against the fence, and, uh, and just unleash what I've got. And I believe I can take him out. Is he onto something there? Do you think he has an accurate... Uh, assessment of how the second fight, or the fr- he calls it the second fight, the first fight went. I think I think the kick is still ringing in his head. <laughs> uh, he's obviously a bit delusional on, on what happened in that fight and what's going to happen in this fight. You know, I'm not I'm not letting this fight go to the, the distance. I'm not going to give him any excuses. I'm not going to close the distance and you know, quote unquote, headbutt him. You know, I'm not going to allow him to bitch about cardio. I'm going to knock him out in the first round. He's going to have nothing to say. You know, whether he had a full camp, half a camp, or a week's notice, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm going to get my knockout. I'm going to put him away. I'm going to show who's the better fighter, who's the champ. And for the record, uh, last week on the conference call, you talked about a bet that you guys had going into that fight, but I couldn't quite... What was the bet? What was the bet that, that you said that he didn't the actually bet take? At the, time, yeah. the bet at the time when Bizzing was getting... You know, he's get, he gets his fair share of uh, of cash. Um, so I was I was uh, I had a little setback with the Vitor fight, so I dropped down the pay scales and I I put the offer up to, uh, to if I finished him in the first round, we would switch purses. If I didn't finish him in the first round, he would get my purse and his and get everything all in the first round. He wasn't man enough to take the bet, and uh, and that was the situation. He 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 knows exactly. I made I made that one pretty clear at the time and uh of course he didn't want to remember so um yeah you know that that was the case but things have flip-flopped my paycheck's looking pretty damn nice these days and you know so i'm 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 comfortable with my seven seven points versus his wow we talking seven figs now for the champ i do well (laughs) i do well for myself i don't know if you heard this but he actually he claimed on the conference call that he's making more than you, or maybe just as much. Did you hear that? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
I'm happy with seven figures. We're doing good sevens. So I don't, I really, really doubt he's, he's finding himself in that range. But, you know, happy for him. Good for him. If he is, he is. I spoke for him, you know. So I, I'm not, I'm not one to hate, you know, but, you know, I'm just one to, I want my money. I want my piece of the puzzle, you know. You know, it's amazing to hear how many people are backing him. He's become this sweetheart because it's been so long for him to get the title shot. He's really done a 180 from being the bad boy. Have you been listening to some... His talk is very inspirational, I must say. It makes me want to, you know, run 10 miles. Have you been listening to this stuff? Like, how does it come across to you, someone who's so confident going into the fight? Do you feel like he's trying to convince himself that he's going to win? Like, how do you how do you process it? It doesn't really matter what he says. We all know what's going to happen in the end. So, what I, at least I do. Uh, so, I, you know, you can call him a sweetheart. You can call him this. But this ain't going to be no sweetheart story. This ain't going to be no fairy tale. I will have none of that. You know, uh, people people do not like confidence. People hate, you know, people that to tell them what they're going to do. Uh, you know, people people hate that. You know, it's, it comes off of arrogance, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, for me, it's, it's the truth. You know, the truth hurts sometimes, and, and I tell the truth. I don't talk shit, you know. So visiting other people, they might talk shit. I talk the truth. And, uh, you know, just because I know what I'm going to do, you know. I A lot of it. these guys think they know what, think they know what they're going to do. Few people really do know, you know, and that's what separates us. And uh, I'm going to go do exactly what I said and uh, whatever, you know, whatever people want to think of it, think of it. But, you know, I, I put my work in. I put the time. I've dedicated everything. I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't fuck around. I'm, I'm here to stay. I'm here to make my point. And so I'm the champ and I'm going to go prove it. So when he calls you smug and, and fans call you smug, all that stuff, it doesn't bother you? <laughs> yeah, well, we all know who Bisbing is. He can try to turn over a new leaf and go out, you know, in a better light, but it doesn't matter. For me, it's, it's uh, I'll just go fight. You know? When an opponent steps up to the plate and they want to fight me, I take it personal and I'm going to tell them exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to beat them down. I'm going to get in the head. I'm gonna, and then I'm going to go execute exactly what I said. So, I, like I said, everything I said, I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to, to say something different, you know, to talk shit. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do it. And so that, that, that's me. That's, that's what I say, and that's how I, I just talk the truth. Would it be accurate to say that you're hoping that he doesn't fight again after Saturday night, or is that a little too extreme? He's going to do whatever he wants, but, you know, I, I think after this fight, I'll, I'll be telling signs. He should probably hang it up. He's had a good career. He got his title shot, and uh, it's been well. He's done well for himself. Uh, you fired up some people uh, going into the second Weidman fight when you're doing media, talking about him being a family man and not having that killer instinct and all that stuff. Uh, Bisping is the same. He's got three older kids. He's very much portrayed as a family man. Do you think that works against him as well going into this? You love this angle, don't you? You love this angle. It's an interesting no. angle because I think it's something that you can really, I mean, here you are, you're single, you're married to your career. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it's interesting and I think it bothers people. And I think that sometimes it's not the worst thing to bother people if you're, you know, the champ and trying to sell pay-per-views. That's just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not shy. I mean, like I said, I tell the truth. And, and uh, a lot of guys with families, they grow soft in this business. Uh, different. It's different than any other sport. Yes, it takes a level of dedication. I separate myself, and I, and I put the time in. You know, you see a lot of these boxers. They they 
leave their families and they put themselves in these training camps, you know, like the his, you know, you look back and you see the, the history of it. I think it, it hardens you and you focus and you can dedicate more of your time. You know, these guys are trying to kind of juggle their families in training camps and, uh, and make these fights. It's, uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. So, um, you'll see it. They'll see it on and on. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show what I can do. Show what, what I put all the work I put in every day. By the way, are you familiar? I, I know you've been asked about this, but the the new weigh in policy in California. Are you going to take advantage of that? You can weigh in between. Hell yeah! Uh, Hell yes! I'm going to take advantage of it. So what are you, are you doing? Kidding me? What What are you going to do? You're going to weigh in at ten on Friday. I'm gonna, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have a little bit of breakfast, kickstart my metabolism. I'm going to walk downstairs. I'm going to have a sauna. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go up into my car. I'm going to drive to the scales. I'm going to weigh in. And I'm going to go eat like a king. And I'm gonna come back nice and full and refreshed and stare the man down and, and uh take a win and then we'll go fight. So so I actually want to ask you about that. What happens during the televised weigh-ins? Because obviously you'll be a lot bigger than one eighty five at that point. Do you have any idea? I have no idea exactly. I know I know they're gonna do some sort of a square off or I don't know if they're gonna be a weigh in, but uh you'll see some they'll have uh, some media side of it, I'm sure. So uh, uh, this is all foreign to me. It's new, but I'm, I'm excited about the weigh-in early. It's, I think it's stupid to, to sit there and deprive yourself and, and wait for yeah. uh, all this all this bullshit to go through and, and uh, stay dehydrated and, and let your body just keep sucking you know fluid from your brain and your body. So it's, it's that downtime. It's like you know once you've made the weight, what's the point of sitting there just to to please you know everybody? You know, the PR side of things. It's it's a uh, not healthy, and so you know, I think this is a smart move on their part. I think it's uh, yeah. we weigh in, we look good at the weigh in rather than just you know, completely drawn out. So, so are you going to go as early as possible, like 10 a.m.? You're going to be there to get it over with? No, we'll see whatever's comfortable. You know, in the morning, I'm going to wake up. When I wake up, I'm going to eat a little breakfast, I'm going to wait my timetable, I'm gonna, it's going to take a, an hour to digest, and then uh, I'm going to start my cut. And then right when I'm done, I'm gonna go. So beautiful routine, routine basically, just like just like the rest. But now I'm not, you know, I don't have to wait four hours to commute to and from the weigh-ins, and then wait and do medicals and wait for the right time frame for TV and all that, all that crap. So I'm excited about this. <laughs> are you expecting him to get in your face and do all the stuff at the weigh-ins? Are, are you preparing for that? You know this coming. Uh, I'm prepared to, to smack his finger out of my face. <laughs> We know how Bisbing is a little finger pointing little bitch. So um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, fucking, you know, I'm, I'm prepared. Okay, let's let's finally the last question. Let's. I just want to get clear here because last week on this show, Cody Garbrandt said first round knockout. Can you give us a specific round? Are you do, are you saying first round finish here? Is that what we're saying? I'm saying first round knockout. Yes, I already I already said that many times. Okay, I just want to get clear. Uh, yeah. This, this one, this one, it will will be ended in the first round. I will give you something different. It will not be a left kick. Oh. It might be a right kick. It might be a left hand. It's going to be something special. And, and can we get a Warriors Cavaliers prediction? I, I'm saying Warriors in six. What are you saying? Warriors in six sounds pretty damn good. You know, I, I uh, yeah, I like six. They'll get, they'll get a couple games, but Warriors will get too much heart. 
heart of a champion. Yeah, boys are boys are on a roll. I mean, they can't stop the momentum they carried from this last series too. Yeah, it's, uh, the Cavs are good. They got a healthy team, but I think there's just there's too much heart, too much. Uh, they're gonna fluster the Cavs, and they're gonna get to them. Curry's coming back on. Clay's on fire. I'm excited. The great Rudy Tomjanovich once said, never underestimate the heart of a champion. I think that applies to the Warriors, and it may apply to Mr. Luke Rockhold come Saturday night. I look forward to it. I am so excited for this. I can't wait. Thank you for the time, Luke. I know you're very busy. You're doing a lot of media today. I know you're most excited for this particular uh, interview, so I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us for a few minutes. Always, Ariel. Enjoy the show. I'll see you soon. Yes, I will see you out there. There he is, the UFC middleweight champion Luke Rockhold stopping by. Great stuff from him. A very happy man going into his fight at UFC 199. Like I said, the Bay Area, or NorCal to be exact, is on fire these days. Wow. Amazing. Everyone's coming out of there. All the champions. All right, I look forward to that. It just gets me excited. The dynamic between the two of them, it's going to be a fun scene out in Inglewood. Uh, this coming week. Okay, uh, let's go to our next interview. One of the big winners, in my opinion, on Sunday night in Las Vegas was Brian Caraway. Huge fight for him, headlining the fight pass prelims against Aljamain Sterling, and he backed it up. Defeated Aljamain, great performance, and now primed for a very big fight, in my opinion, in the bantamweight division. He joins us right now on the phone. Brian, how are you? Great, man. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the win, my man. What what a performance that was. Considering all the talk and hype going into this fight, where does that one rank for you as far as your your your, your best nights in the UFC and maybe your MMA career? It's been a long one. Where does that one rank? Um, I don't know. I don't get that high. Um, surprisingly, I really. You know, I was obviously stoked. Yeah, but you know, I, I, he had the number you know four ranking and and to move, but uh, you know, I don't know. It was. Uh, all the crap talking, all that stuff, it's, you know, it is whatever. You know, I cared most, uh, you know, beating him to, to gain position and uh, move up the rankings. The only thing that bothered me is, like, he was disrespecting Misha in a way, and that's what, you know, that's what made me want to beat him up more so. But, but it was, everyone in the UFC is, uh, you know, fantastic and, and amazing. The next important thing, you know, because that's the fight. That's right. So. You mentioned uh, some of the stuff that he said about Misha and calling you uh, Mr. Tate and all that stuff. And it's interesting because I was listening to Dominic Cruz talking about, you know, some people say it's it's good to not fight with emotion, to not be too emotional in your fights. And Cruz was saying the opposite, that he actually wants to fight emotional and he, he wants to feel invested. Did you use that talk as fuel for this fight or do you prefer not being emotional and kind of blocking it out? Um, you know, I think it's different for every. I don't think it's right for, you know, everybody the exact same thing. Um, I tend to, to fight better, I think, when I do have emotion, mm-hmm. emotion connected to it, just because I think uh, when you're at a high level, you're so technical anyway that if you can have a little bit of emotion, you got to find a little bit of to, uh, you know, to get you, I don't know if it's pumped up or, or motivated. Or, um, and I think when you have that emotion, it's going to make you fight harder, but you're still going to be, you know, crisp on your technique because that's what we do every single day. Um, so, but I think it's different case by case. So I, you know, I think I'd have to agree a little bit with Dominic Cruz on that. Uh, emotion brings a little bit the best out of me. What did you think before they announced the scorecards? Because I thought there was a chance they might go 10-8 for him in the first round. And then obviously the last two were for you. So that would be a draw. If it was a 10-9 first round, then you win 29-28. What were you thinking before they announced them? 
I didn't think it was a 10-8 round at all. I mean, you see 10-8 rounds go out. And I think that would be absolutely ridiculous to be a 10-8. 10-8 round is when you're just beating somebody up. You know, you're just you're just manhandling them. You know, he came out, he shot a single leg. You know, I went for uh, a choke that I do. You know, I slipped, gave my back, and then he just hung on to me like a backpack. And it, you know, you, you just come down and you hang on to their back the entire time, you know. I don't even see how that's close to Taylor around. He didn't do any damage. I don't have any single mark on my face at all. Mm. Do any damage? He, he threw like felt like punches at the very end of the round at the closing. But it's like Taylor around. I think you have to beat you know dominate somebody wrestling, beat him up. You know you have to just have him hurt. That no point in the first round was I even being close to even being hurt or finished. Um, so I, I thought I had a hundred percent you know decisively man of decision. Um, a split decision. I thought that was crazy uh, for cards, but um, either way, you know, I felt like you know, it definitely went. The decision went the right way. So, okay, well, would you agree though that the first round was ten nine for him? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Come on, man. How- yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> of course. Yeah. He took me down and controlled, and you know, he dominated position wise, but I wasn't in any danger, choked or uh, or or any damage done, but we controlled the position. So how did you readjust? Like, what was the big adjustment that you made in the second and third to um, to, to not replicate what happened in the first? Because those two rounds were drastically different than the first. Yeah, you know, I just, I was a little hesitant. You know, I had a lot of rings. I'd been out for a year. Yeah. You know, I respected the game. I knew he was dangerous. And, uh, you know, I honestly believe that the whole fight, I wasn't fighting really at my potential. I can scramble a lot more. You know, I can create a lot of motion. I'm usually really, really deadly when I get up back or in a good position attacking the show, but I was a little cautious on, uh, you know, wanting to control position because he's a squirrely guy instead of, uh, you know, going for the choke. Normally I don't even worry about positioning. You know, I'm so dominant there. I just attack the choke, but, uh, the difference was, is just imposing my round one. I was, you know, expecting him to, you know, he's afraid to get punched and he's afraid to strike. Uh, and, uh, so I was just being a little bit too cautious for him to dictate stuff and round two I said all right you know what came back to my corner I have amazing corners calls uh Eric Nixick and, and Misha in the first said she snatched my leg and said hey you need to get on and she's like I don't care if this guy's a wrestler I don't care if he was a D1 actual champion she's like this is an MMA fight you need to get him you're the best in the world that way you do she said I want you to go I want you to take him down first and I started realizing that yeah what am I doing man this you know I need through you know what I do best and that's what I did I can't Pushed the pace, pushed him, you know, cornered him against the wall, pushed him down, and, and uh, you know, beat the entire time on top. So after fighting him, do you still believe that he is afraid to get hit, like you said, going into the fight? Oh, without a doubt. You know, the guy throws all these runs away like he's frantically afraid. Uh, throws those kicks because that, his legs are long and he can keep, but he doesn't have to engage his face at all. Getting, you know, he tries to kick and run. Anytime I try to pressure him, he runs scared you know scared and uh you know it is what it is you know it gets people which hardly takes them down and and uh i had to be methodical i couldn't chase him too much and uh i kind of had to stay on the outside of his kicks a little bit because you don't want to run it but uh i was able to close the distance and, and get the takedowns and win the round so your your audio went out uh just at a a, a great time there were you, were you saying that you thought he fought scared in the fight I think he fights all fight scares. Always, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't you? Don't you watch analysis? Doesn't he seem, you know, super 
insanely afraid, you know, Mizugaki, any fights, I mean, any time we'd get into range where we could actually hands on each other, he would, he'd be out of there. He'd be ducking, dodging, moving his head crazy and trying to kick and just keep you away. He doesn't want anybody to engage him. When he's on top, you know, he, he hangs on like a backpack and like to do as much damage. You know, I don't think he likes to, you know, create openings where he can get punched. Uh, he was getting a ton of hype going into this fight, of course, re-signing with the UFC. They put together some great videos, headlining, fight pass, all that stuff. Would you say now that you've been in there with him, is he overhyped? Is he not deserving of all of this? You know, my theme for this fight camp was hard overhyped. Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think he was overhyped. I think he's a world-class guy. You know, I don't think that he was. I think he deserved that number four. You can't go in and finish Mizugaki, who's tough as nails. And go in and finish Johnny Eduardo, who's who's an animal. Finish these guys and not not be ranked number four. Now, I don't think he was overhyped at all. I just think that I finally deserve the credit that you know you know credit due to me out there, and, and that people have to recognize my talent, my level. And I think I just was you know the better. Did you say anything to him after the fight? Nah, not really. You know, I mean, just it is what it is. Uh, I, I respect people fight, fight the fights and doing certain things, but there's a certain point where you could, you know, go too far, be a little too disrespectful. Like I said, I you're saying about me, what what I care to was implement, uh, you know, and disrespecting my, my girlfriend. He's done her accomplishments. Like I should be ashamed of it. Um, you know, he's very misogynist and uh, I, that's what I didn't like. So it is what it is. You know, that's not my tactic. I don't think he's very witty in this. You know, Conor McGregor's, he could be disrespectful too. That guy's extremely witty. You know, he's, I think his Irish accent kind of helps out a little bit. <laughs> Hearing his voice, you know, makes everything a little bit much funnier. But it's like, you know, Aljamain and me and my relationship, and I'm, dude, you're about four years straight on that. And uh, it's not cool to indirectly put down for you know for being a strong powered empowered woman like i should be ashamed of my girlfriend right like hey buddy you know you're talking shit about me but you know that she's like times more famous than you two and 99 percent of in the ufc division so i don't know what you're trying to get at so you win this fight you talk about you're not getting that respect and he was sort of echoing some of the things like you said four years like have you noticed a shift now because I, I feel like there's been a shift from my perspective no one know better than you are, are you sensing since this win, I know it was just two days ago, that you are getting more respect and people are dropping that Mr. Tate stuff? Um, yes and no. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think there's always some way for someone to try to dis, you know, what I do. And uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like definitely some people, are, uh, you know, I, I'd say 50-50. I think 50% of people are starting to give me the respect. 50% of people that are always going to try to discredit me, you know, instead of saying, wow, you know, Kerr was actually that good and he beat, they're saying, well, Aljamain Sterling was, you know, as uh, good as we thought, you know, oh, he was, if Kerr beat him, he wasn't that good. He was, you know, he was overhyped instead of just kind of saying, hey, that dude was the number four dude in the world. He's been, he's finishing top level guys. That guy was top and super legit and Kerr just beat him. You know? um, it is what it is, man. You know, I realized to, to, not really care anymore as long as the UFC you know, they're the guys who pay my bills and set up my fight as long as they're they're on the, have my back and they're recognizing the talent and hard work that's what 
you know, that's what matters to me. So exactly an hour ago on this show, we had Cody Garbrandt, and, and he told the world that he wants to fight you September 10th in Cleveland, in Ohio, his home state, UFC 203. Are you interested in this? I mean, uh, I have to go back and talk to my man. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like, you know, I don't know. I mean, there could be absence to that fight, but it doesn't seem the most... Uh, I don't know if I want to say politically or, or business-wise smart for myself. Um, not saying he's not extremely talented, but he, he wasn't even in the top 15 in the world at all. Granted, he uh, just had an amazing performance knocking out a you know, top undefeated guy. But I feel like that, that would be going backwards, not not that, but backwards just just from where I'm trying to go. You know, he just broke into the top 10 in the world. Uh, you know, I assume he's going to be breaking into the top 10 in the world. Um, I beat an undefeated beat a guy as well that night the number four guy in the world that was undefeated for tough he beat the you know the number seven or eight guy in the world undefeated i feel like I, I i want one of those top guys you know i want to fight i feel like i earned to fight for the you know for the belt like i've been beat you know i beat the number six guy my last fight before that i beat the number four guy that was undefeated this fight i feel like it's me i'm the upper echelon of top five i think i feel like garbrandt needs maybe one more top 10 win and then and then he'll be right next for, for top five guys. So, so to be clear, you're saying you want a title shot next? I do. I absolutely want a title shot next. You know, I feel like I earned that support for a long time. I put in my due. You know, I'm beating top level guys. You know, I just beat the number four rank. Well, the only guys I ranked above him was Brown, who's gone at 45, Faber, who's for the title, and Dillashaw. Those were the only guys ranked Algermaine Sterling. The only guys. They've already all fought. You know, I feel like they need some new blood up there. They need a new face. You know, they need to give somebody else a shot. And I feel like, you know, if the guarantee of Aljamain Sterling beat me, and they say, oh, he definitely gets a shot. He's on a five-fight win streak. You know, he beat all these guys. You know, the only guys above him. You know, up. You know, I beat the man. You know, I beat the top-ranked tough guy. I believe that I earned that spot for the title shot. And if not, uh, then then I would want to fight. You know, somebody else that's at, right there in the mix. Uh, you know, if I did have to go backwards, I wouldn't want to go too far back. I called out before. I'd really like to fight. You know, Mike, I know he's right there behind me uh, or right there next to me, you know, number six guy. I'd love to fight. Or or if John Lineker beats him, I know he's going to be right in the top five. So I'd love to fight one of those two guys. I know when I'm, you know, right there in the top four or five position, I would love to fight one of those guys that, that ten, you know, top ten rankings for a while. Uh, after the win on Sunday, I don't know, a lot of UFC brass were there. And what Did they say to you that they are interested in giving you a title shot next? Like, what was the uh, the response that you got seeing people backstage? Um, you know, they don't like to give, <laughs> give too much. Uh, they don't like to give too much information to put their eggs in one basket. Yeah. So uh, they said, you know, hey, we'll talk. You know, we'll sit down, we're going to talk to you. You know, we're going to be into some talks. So I don't know what that means with the UFC. It could be good. It could be good. It could be bad. You just never know what they're thinking. So, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this one a little bit. I'm going to get back in the gym already. Start training immediately. I didn't take any damage in this fight. Um, I'm completely healthy. Um, so, you know, well, I I shoulder in the first round. I had a previous injury in the shoulder a little bit and tweak, but overall, I think I'm going to be able to come back and be healthy um, soon. So, I'm just going to sit management, you know, get back, keep my weight down, and. Uh, you know, wait to hear that phone call from the UFC. So are, are you 
Are you hoping if, if everything's okay with your shoulder? Because, you know, you, you said you had a long layoff. Your last fight part of this was July. Um, are you hoping to be more active here in the back end of 2016? Like not, not go almost, what was it, 10 months or so between fights? Do you want to be yeah. more active? I do. I definitely want to be more active. And I just, uh, you know, had little injuries and stuff. And at the end of the first, uh, he had me in that full melting. It wasn't a submission, but I, I had previous shoulder injury from a few years ago that had healed I think he just kind of reopened that. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I'm to go in and just get it checked out. But other than that, yes, I, I you know, I want to be active. I want to fight. You know, I don't want people, you know, to forget to forget my last win. You know, Wyman, who's a former WC champ, uh, he's ranked number six for a reason. You know, I go out there and his own game, and uh, you know, people kind of forgot about that. You know, they tried to discredit me. And I beat Aljamain Sterling, who's the number four ranked guy undefeated i go out there and beat him at his own um so i'm showing that i'm well-rounded i beat one phenomenal striker and i beat alderman sterling who's a fun their own game so um yeah i want to keep in there and stay relevant since you're talking title shot just curious uh who do you think wins on saturday it's your division it's the belt that you want dominic or uriah you know favorites you know on the tail end of his career a little bit he's still super uber dangerous uh but i think dominic cruz has him figured out you know i uh, he's got him figured out he's extremely difficult to you know to hit he moves well um he mixes his takedowns flawlessly you know i just think he's going to just have too much movement for cruz i think it's going to be you know don't you favor really winning is if cruz gets a little too caught or a little bit too emotional and tries to put favor hard and uh you know, basically gets out of his element and gets caught with a punch. Now, I think if he sticks to his plan, like he usually fights most everybody, I think he's going to be able to just go out and score a favor. Are you hoping for one to win over the other? Because I know you used to train with Alpha Male. If 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 Cruz wins, maybe that opens things up because if Faber wins, maybe they do the Dillashaw fight, you know, because there's that history there. Like, are, are you hoping for one scenario over the other? Um. You know, not really. Uh, not really. I mean, I think, uh, you know, favors stylistically a better matchup with me. And he'll, uh, he'll definitely engage. He doesn't bite the And I think that would be, you know, a fight for the fans, you know, and, and uh, I would love to fight the UFC world title. Um, I did train out there all the time. And, you know, uh, I always said, you know, that if I ever fight you, I'd want to be for the UFC world title. And, uh, so I'd be kind of bittersweet. Hmm. Um, but I, I'm not really tied to to anybody winning that one. Okay. Um, well, I got to say, selfishly, I'm a, you know, I, I really would love to see you fight Cody, but I respect the fact you've been doing this a long time. Um, you know, go for that title. If you, if, if you feel like, you know, you got a good shot and, you know, you, you get a win over Aljamain, that's a major feather in your cap. So, you know, do your thing. I, I wonder, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. As you know, in this game, I think what helps you is the timing. You're, you fought right next to the, uh, you know, the title fight, you know, being played out on Saturday. Uh, there's, there's so, it, it's, it's no longer, you know, you talk about the rankings, but it's no longer, you know, oh, the number one guy he's going to fight. There's there's a lot that goes into it, as yeah. you know. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I, the timing's great. You know, TJ's fighting half a since out already signed. Um, I think, uh, I think I, I'm in a good spot timing. And uh, and bottom line, you know, I, I think I've earned it. You know, I think it would be a great story. I could sell that a lot. Misha Tate, you know, my girlfriend, 
uh, who I've trained for 10 years. She's a, you know, current world champion. And I think uh, giving my, you know, giving me my shots. You know, everybody says, ready, you be, you're going to get killed. Well, guess what? They've been saying that my fight. I'm supposed to lose against one. I'm supposed to lose against this. I'm the underdog every single fight. So, bring on. Who cares? Underdog. You know, I wasn't supposed to win this fight. I was going to get murdered. I was going to get killed. Guess what? I keep winning. So, say all that stuff, but I'm ready for the title shot. Earned it. And uh, let the haters hate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, try, test me. You know, a chance. Let me prove myself. Yet again. Great stuff, Brian. Thank you very much for the time. Congratulations on the huge win, and good luck getting that title shot. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Ariel. I really appreciate you on the show, man. All right. My pleasure. There he is, Brian Caraway, stopping by, coming off that massive win over Aljamain Sterling. Okay. He wants a title shot. Well, let's talk to the guy who's got the next title shot. We're just five days away from one of the most anticipated fight cards of the year, and it's in large part due to the fact that Uriah Faber and Dominic Cruz are going to get it on for the third time Saturday night at the Forum in Inglewood, California. And how lucky are we that the California kid, right before his flight to Los Angeles, is stopping by on this show. Uriah, are you there? What up? What's yes. up, Barrow? How are you? There he is. Wow. What a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. What, what are we looking at today? How busy is your schedule before you fly out? Um, you know, it's been pretty busy. I went and got a haircut. Oh. I, uh, um, been packing all my stuff, last minute packing, making sure I stop by the gym, say bye to the guys, and pick up some stuff. But not too crazy. So we're going with a haircut? We're not letting it long? What are we looking at as far as your hair is concerned? Yeah, it's pretty short at this point. I mean, it was at a uh, like an uncomfortable stage. So um, last time, my hair was when I fought Cruz 2011. My hair was pretty long, and anytime I did anything, my head would shake. Yeah, and uh, you know, it just it didn't look good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it short and uh, be ready for a battle. I remember that. You were rocking the cornrows in that fight. UFC 132, July 2nd, I believe, of 2011. I remember these moments. You were No, con- I didn't have cornrows for that one. It, was, it wasn't sure? long enough to do cornrows. So it was like right before you could do cornrows. So it was just shaggy hair. God, I suck. Okay, my bad. I don't remember yeah. everything about you. It's all good. Um, so can, can you put us in your mind? Like you're five days away from finally getting this third fight. What a journey it has been. The ups and downs. You're supposed to fight at 148. I mean, it's amazing that we're, we're, we're finally here. Does it feel real now? Because like, I know you were talking about a contingency plan and all this stuff. He's had his injury problems. Do, does it feel like it's actually going to happen? Is that, is that the way you're processing it? Oh, it's 100% going to happen, which is awesome for me. It's awesome for... Uh... Uh, you know, everyone really, I mean, everybody's been wanting to see this fight, myself included. So, um, yeah, I can't wait, man. I've been feeling so good. And, and was there any part of you that was worried that it wouldn't happen given the injury history? I don't like to worry about the, the what if of things, you know, I don't really, that's not how I, that's not how I operate. So, uh, I didn't really think about it, but I mean, now that you mentioned it, the chances were pretty high. <laughs> well, the good news is it's happening. Um, so here we are. Like I said, you're about to go out there. And this is a guy, like, he talked about, and I, and, and I mentioned this to Caraway. he talked about how, you know, fighting emotionally 
is is something that he tries to do and and that stuck with me because i'm always used to hearing athletes and fighters saying you don't want to fight with emotion he says no i like to fight with emotion where do you fall in that because of the rivalry because of how you feel about each other do you do you say like this is dominic cruz i'm going to fight with my heart i'm going to fight emotionally because i want to prove to him that i'm the the better guy and all that stuff or do you try to block that out is he just like a faceless opponent like conor mcgregor always likes to talk about um you know, you don't really know what's going to happen until you step in and get in the cage. I feel like, no, there's a lot of emotion going into this thing, and, and that's something that you can't always control. I, I mean, I, I've, I've been in this game a long time. I've had a lot of fights, so I know the, uh, you know, the process, and there's definitely a little more edge to this one. It's, it's a little more uh, intent to kill, like I said originally back in 2007. I mean, we really don't get along, and, and uh, this is going to be a battle. What about, okay, so let's clear something up here. He says that you're accusing him of taking PDs. You're, you say that you're just talking about back fat. I mean, what were you really implying there? Were you, were you accusing him of PDs? Were you saying he was out of shape? What were we trying to say with these comments? What I'm going to say is this. That guy's body has changed. If you look at my body from when I was 13 to, to currently, it looks the same. Whether it's you know, I, I would say probably the best I've ever seen him physically look was against Joseph Benavidez. Um, the the last fight when he came back from Mizugaki looked pretty good. Guy's not aging well. He's talking about me being old in the sport. Bro, I'm not old in the sport. This guy's body's deteriorating, and I'm pointing that out. Back fat, he looked uh, skinny fat, you know, <laughs> love handles, etc. I said, hey, yeah, that's not my job to sort that out. If you ask anybody, though, and you can ask TJ this, you can ask any one of my guys about this, I'm super adamant and proud about how healthy and, and natural I've lived my life. Um, you know, it's, it's a testament to, to hard work and dedication, et cetera. But I'm a super anti-doping guy. I never, I never said one thing about PEDs or steroids. I don't even know if that's what the kids are doing these, these days, <laughs> steroids. But they do like EPO, HGH, or whatever the heck they're doing. The truth is this. I don't care. I say he looks skinny fat because he looks skinny fat. I said I saw love handles because I saw love handles. His little saggy boobs were, were out there. Maybe that's a cruise, you know, you hit your, you hit 30 and your boobs drop, whatever. <laughs> that's not my business. And the comedy is, I, honestly, the best thing about this whole deal is these guys try to engage in some banter back and forth. You know, TJ said I'm a dinosaur and I haven't earned any shots while I've been actually fighting, like, you know, triple as many times as TJ and and twice as many as Dominic. Uh, dude, the best part about this whole rivalry is how it brought TJ and Cruz together. <laughs> you know what happens if somebody hints or says that I was doing some sort of uh, PEDs? I would say absolutely not. I've never done anything like that. I've never, never even considered it. And in fact, I've been a, a proponent of it. So why would he even say that? I'd say no, 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 no. What do these guys do? They become best friends. They, uh, you know, Cruz is making up charities that he thinks Dillashaw might have worked at. And I mean, I'm, I'm ready to make them either. We got to take a, take a poll. Is it Dilla Cruz or Cruz Shaw? I mean, these guys are a team now. It's comedy. Well, I can't wait to see who backstabs who first. So, so, so to be blunt, do you think Dominic has taken PDs in the past? You know what? I'll, I'll talk to you what I think in private or what I know or what okay. people talk about, etc. Uh, I'm not going to say anything publicly about, about anybody's business. I will, t- I will say this. 
and and it's a great message for me to send to anybody out there, whoever has been using any sort of PED. Whatever I've done has been completely natural. I'm proud of that. Mm. Uh, if if you had some sort of advantage and you're not able to do it now, well, that sucks for you. But I don't have that problem. So for whoever's out there, and uh, I think you know that uh, Dillashaw will will test be a testament to the fact that. I lead by example. I never even used caffeine until I adjusted my time uh, against uh, against the uh, uh, Frankie Edgar fight in the Philippines. I'd never used caffeine at all. Uh, I, I actually like it now. I've been I've been using a little bit of uh, of uh, pre workout and stuff like that. But you know, I, I, I'm always adamant, leading by example, to to be healthy and and uh, and and do everything natural. So that's what I can say about myself. As far as these guys getting their feelings hurt, becoming best friends. Uh, I mean, we'll see how that ends up. You know, I know how it worked out for me. I, I know you're a very busy guy, so you don't always have the time to watch or listen to this show, but I know that we can always count on Mr. Faber, your father, to tune in every single week. That's right, week. he was just here. So he, he may have told you about this, but I want to play you a quick clip of Dominic talking about you a couple of weeks ago and get your response, okay? Okay. Here we go. Here's Dominic talking about your eye, Faber. When you're attacking me... I can understand that because he wants to ruin my face because we're fighting. But when you're attacking a, a friend because he left your camp, uh, I mean, you're just, you're just a scumbag. It's a lack of character, and that's something that I haven't liked about Faber since day one. And, and we're finally seeing the true colors of Faber come out when he makes accusations with absolutely no proof of anything. And one of the best doping agencies on planet Earth, uh, there's just no proof to anything that he says. And again, their excuses. I mean, this is typical favor style. Make excuses with no proof and no facts, and they're just all accusations on his part. What do you make of that, Uriah? <laughs> well, first off, I give you a list of people that, through my actions and, and who I am, what I give back, that can testify about my character. So it's funny because Cruz is always trying to figure out what's going on in my life. I don't care what's going on in his life, to be honest. And whoever told him that me and Dillashaw are good friends, it's like it almost. I saw uh, somebody else told me about something TJ said about uh, I'm really I'm really crossing the boundary and our friendship might be over because of <laughs> because I said he looks uh, like a preteen. I'm like, did he get a PR agent that just came into the fold and was like, hey man, you should say that you and Uriah aren't friends anymore because he said you look like a preteen, dude. <laughs> I have friends. It's built. I mean. Somebody that just doesn't know what what the heck's transpired, all the things I've done for that guy, and, and the way he's he's slandered my name, saying I'm you know don't deserve this and don't deserve that when all I've done is put the guy on a pedestal. And this guy wants to to Cruz wants to say that this guy's my friend. That guy's not my friend. I have friends. I have friends from when I was a kid that we've earned each other's friendship through actions, through through the way we treat each other, through um, everything. TJ was a teammate, someone that I helped build up. He's not a friend to me. Uh, it's very evident. He actually uh, has helped try to break down the culture of a team that helped build him, which is kind of sad. Look at how many times after my fights where I've, shot, I've shouted out TJ. Hmm. I lost to Burrell. Give my guy a chance. Then I went in and talked to Dana about it, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, and it wasn't about following a coach that I brought in, as TJ had said. It, it was about, he said, hey, these guys are going to pay me to represent another team. He wanted to have his cake and eat it, too then act like a victim. TJ's not my friend. 
I didn't say he was doing any sort of. You guys should be on these. The, the uh, Dilla Cruz or Cruzeshaw should be on America's Dumbest Criminals. I mean, <laughs> get, 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 someone says that one looks like a teenager after he says that I look like a dinosaur, which is banter back and forth. And he accuses himself of steroids. The other one I say has has back fat and looks and looks skinny with a little man boobs. He accuses himself of steroids. I've never said one thing about steroids or PEDs or anything like that. Now, if you and I want to have a public, uh, private conversation about what I think about the sport in general, about who's doing what or what 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 has been said or hearsay, etc., I'll do that. I'm not going to say that out here, but there's there's one thing that's for sure. I'm going to whoop Cruz on June 4th. Uh, he he's a guy that I think through all this is forgetting the last fight and how he got rocked last fight. And he's forgetting the first fight because he says it all the time. Faber's just mad because every time I fight him, he knows I'm going to win. I'm like, bro, we're one and one. <laughs> I choked you out the first time real quick. And I very easily could have got the nod depending on what's going on in the, in the judges' heads the second fight. I mean, give me a – and he wants, to, he wants to, to make comments about my character. I have a laundry list. Let me ask you. I feel like, Arrow, you know me. Yes. Do you feel like I have good character? I've always appreciated your character, yes. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I respect you as, as a journalist, and I feel like, you know, you and I have a good sense of who each other are. Yeah. And I can tell you, I've got some of my best friends from high school, from college, from before uh, I could even talk and walk that are, you know, with me still. I just had Lisa Gonzalez and Carmichael Dave come over. Two two local. Uh, um, I love Carmichael Dave. News personalities here. Uh, I've I've been friends with them since since before I can remember. Elementary school and and in church groups growing up, like you know, Dominic to slander instead of instead of slander becoming best friends with Dominic with T J Dillashaw and. Saying he, he he I'm such a I'm such a bad person for saying what I feel I I've seen with his body deteriorate. Why don't you just say no? I don't do any PEDs if that's what he's implying. No, I would never do that. Haven't heard that of either one of those guys. Mm. Um, In the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> you know they want to, they want to become best friends, and then you know how that's going to end. It's just going to end with them talking crap on on each other in in the, in the end, anyways. Has the thought ever entered your mind going into this fight that this could be your last chance at a UFC title? Um, I don't think about last chances ever. I mean, this could be my every fight could be my last fight. I might decide I'm like a very uh, follow my heart kind of guy. Yeah. If if I'm not into something, if it's not becoming fun, if I want to focus on the next generation or 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 more on business, whatever, I'll do that. Right now, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to fight for the title. I cannot wait to punch Cruz in the face. I can't wait to, to make a statement. I can't wait to bring the belt back to Sacramento. I can't wait to just snuff all the, all the naysayers and, and celebrate with the people that love me. Um, I'm a very lucky guy, man. I'm a passionate guy. I'm a very hardworking guy. I'm a natural guy. I'm a guy that, that has, has put my heart and my soul into something and everything that I do. And, uh, it's funny to watch these guys try to slander it. It's like these two guys got together, and I'm like, TJ, don't even start with me, bro. Don't even start with me. 
don't even start with me. Does TJ think that he that I've ever tried to beat him up in practice? Absolutely not. And to be honest, he's always showed respect to me in practice. Him saying he beat me up in practice, give me a break, dude. We'll see, guys. June fourth, we're gonna see. Um, you just worry about your little getting getting back in shape, so so you don't have to, uh, you know, have to listen to people talk about your physique falling down. Have you seen uh, him? And, and let's, let's scrap. Have you seen yeah, him on embedded? He, he looks good. Yeah, he looks he looks pretty good. He doesn't look like he, he didn't look like he did uh, against Joseph Benavidez, that's for sure. Okay. Um, speak. He, he, he didn't. He didn't look like the this picture I have him where he looks like he he looks like Peter Pan that robbed a a friggin' GNC <laughs> bunch of acne. <laughs> oh, oh come on! But, but <laughs> what do you want? How do you want people to take a comment like that? Uh, I'll just post that picture. How's okay, that? fair enough, fair enough. Um, you watch the second fight a lot? Like, like, do you think it will go down the same way? Because he hasn't, I mean, he's come, I mean, it was five years ago, but he hasn't fought as much as you. I think you fought 11 times since then. I think he's fought three times. So do you think that he'll be the same or do you think he's gotten a lot better or worse? What, what, what do you think? Like, do you, do, you, do you put a lot of stock into that fight at 132? Uh, I think he, I think he looked good. His last fight is, yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't slipped a bit. Okay. Um, I actually thought TJ was going to beat him. Uh, I would say though that little things count. You know, I I don't think that he's he's uh, you know he he's had surgeries. He's 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 gotten older. I, I don't think he's probably had a healthy lifestyle his whole life. I'm not sure, but um, you know, every little bit counts in those fights. So I, I would say skills there, fighting mentality. He's got that fighting mentality. He's got that. Uh, as far as uh, the heart goes. He's got that. The ability to train hard. He's got that. Right. I have all that too. It's going to be who's the best man out there, and every little bit counts. And I'm going to tell you, I'm prepared. I saw the clip, but internally, what was it like six days before your fight, seeing one of your guys? You, you've talked him up so much. I know you feel very strongly about him, Cody Garbrandt, fighting in his first main event, winning like that. It, it was amazing to see how happy it made you. And this is something, this has been a theme you talked about. I remember in Newark when you just lost in very frustrating, controversial fashion against Brow, and then you're talking up Dillashaw. So, so I back up everything that you're saying. But to see that, like, did that give you any extra motivation? Do you not need any extra motivation? Like, how do you use that moment? And it's just six days before your fight. Does that help you at all? Oh, man, it does. You know, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a rocky year as far as emotionally for me because I really I really put my heart and soul into building a great culture and a great team and and that was you know we went through a divorce yeah you know at the hands of in my opinion at the hands of greed uh, which I hate to see and so to see the renewed enthusiasm for what we've built here with guys like Justin Buckles stepping up and guys like Danny Castillo stepping up and guys like Chris Holdsworth and and Fabio Prado and Coach Joey and and Master Tong and and the list goes on. We've got Philippe. We've got so many great contributors to our team. And and Cody is such a good guy, man. I, it's so funny because he's. I mean, don't judge a, a book by the cover. Yeah. I always say that. But when I first saw him with the tattoos and 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 things like that, I, I didn't know what he was all about. That guy's got a heart of gold. He really does, and he's he's a very loyal guy, and he's a hardworking guy. He's a determined guy. He's he's got a great attitude, and um, you know, it just, he just proves it over and over again. To see him, something great happened for him. Somebody that's setting the next bar for the for for his community and for his 
friends back home and for his next generation of family. I mean, the guy's stepping up the game, and he, he trains like a champion. He does everything he can for a champion, like, like a champion. He, he goes to bed early. He gets up early. He's, he's at practice early. He's, he's looking for every single edge, and, and uh, the guy's a killer, man. He's a lady killer. He's a, <laughs> he's a fight killer. I mean, the guy's a star. I think we saw that. Uh, what's up with you guys, you alpha male guys, and um, perhaps, I, how should I say this nicely, like female comedians, perhaps a little bigger ones. Uh, Rosie loves you. I don't know if you know this, but Roseanne was tweeting up a storm about Cody on Sunday. Is there something that we're missing here? What's going on? Wait, Roseanne who? Roseanne Barr, the, you know, from the TV show. Roseanne, you don't know Roseanne? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't see her tweets about Cody? They were incredible. I Honestly, I try to stay off of uh, <laughs> social media. These I mean, I, I get on there to post some stuff, but I don't, like, go delve in there. That's awesome, though. I'm, I have no idea, but, you know, it's on. It, 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 I think what, what our team's been built on, and I had to do a lot of defending for TJ throughout the years <laughs> because I was trying to get him, you know, in the mold, but... And we're just trying to have fun out there, you know? And I think that positive energy, trying to stay positive, um, is is something that that people enjoy. But I don't know about female comedians in particular, but we'll <laughs> we'll uh we'll take the support that we can. I know that Rose Rosie's uh awesome and, and is she uh, going to the fight? Just, I'm not sure, but she just texted me uh, oh. yesterday. Wow. And, I love this. Uh, What's up with her brother? She's, she's a big supporter. Her brother. You I don't know what's up with her brother, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I'll bet you they had a. I'll bet you they had their their qualms about that because you know Rosie loves. Yeah. She loves uh, MMA, and that's so weird that her brother absolutely despises it. It sounds like, right? Yes, it was very strange. I couldn't believe that was her brother. He's up there at the uh, the New York Assembly, uh, strongly strongly arguing against it, and and then we find out that. He's her brother. Crazy. Okay, so 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 let's 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 put it out there. Do you got an official prediction for us? Because I don't know if you heard this earlier. You were probably listening, or maybe your dad told you. Luke Rockhold said first round knockout. Can we get a, a prediction from you as well? Wait, Luke. Luke predicted he was going to knock out Bisping first round. Yeah. So what about you? Uh, I'm just going to win. Okay. You know, I, fair enough. I, I I talked to a sports psychologist, and I used to have goals like written over and over and over again about specific things in the fight, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you can't control outcomes. You can control preparation and the things that you do. So um, I'm going to have my best fight, and I know that's going to give me the bill. By the way, um, you heard about this, the new weigh-in rules in California. Will you be taking advantage of this? You can now weigh in between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Friday as opposed to doing the 4 o'clock thing on TV and all that. Are you going to do that as well? Um. Oh, of course. Dude, I can't wait for that. This is actually the best I've ever felt though. I mean, like this is the 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 lowest and the best that I felt during this camp and I think, you know, my ankle was hurt last fight so I wasn't able to run much and and I've also been taking some supplements for the first time in my in my life which have been helping me train smarter, you know, getting some BCAAs directly after my workouts. Uh, instead of trying to get through the gym and then get through my phone call and then get to my house and then prepare some food or whatever, I'm 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 real like smart about everything this camp with with uh, with that. So it's helped out as well. But I will be weighing in as soon as I can. 
Well, you're right. I got to say, I, I'm giddy at the thought. I watched the Bad Blood show last night. It's just so much fun seeing you two interact. And, uh, you know, there was a time I didn't think that you guys oh, were... Fu- was that on? Was that yeah. on TV? Yeah, where are you at? You're not watching. You can get it on YouTube. Get it on uh, the UFC YouTube channel. It's The whole thing is there. You're fired okay, up in that I thing. Didn't... You're fired up. I loved it. It was great. He's oh, com- I haven't seen it. He's calling you a bully. His coach is saying that, too. You're coming back. It's great. The the whole back and forth. I can't get enough of it. You know me. <laughs> I love this drum. Call me a bully. Wow. Yeah. They, you didn't hear that? They were calling you a bully. They said you have bully mentality. I'm going to bully him. <laughs> um, yeah, that you're like the popular kid in school, and he's the not popular kid, and you're picking on him and all this stuff. It's great stuff back and forth. <laughs> no way did he say that. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. That's funny. For... He he makes a lot of uh, weird comments about <laughs> about stuff that he has no idea about my life, which is really funny. I come from a small town, Lincoln of Lincoln, is my high school. There's seven thousand people in the town, and there's about seven hundred in the school, and we're all friends. I mean, there's cowboys, and there's you know, I mean, everybody was friends. You don't you don't have a community like that like the popular group or I don't know what he's talking about. This is, uh, this is all new to me. So it's, it's, it's pretty comedy. Well, it's fun. Uh, you know, I love this stuff. Can't wait for the fight. The fight itself is, is more interesting than all of it, but the lead up has been a lot of fun as well. Uh, thank you again for taking the time your eye. I really appreciate it. We'll see you out there. Good luck in the fight. Good luck the next few days. And again, can't wait. Uh, just, uh, just, uh, you, you guys have, have knocked it out of the park. Really fun stuff leading up to the fight. And I hope the, the fight lives up to it. I can't wait to see it. Thank you again, and best of luck to you, my man. You got it, brother. Thank you. All right, there he is, Uriah Faber, stopping by. Huge opportunity for him Saturday night in Inglewood, California. Okay, one more guest to go. How about we go to the UFC heavyweight champion now? Coming to us from the land, the home of the Eastern Conference champion, Cleveland Cavaliers. He is the one and only Stipe Miocic stopping by. How about this? Stipe, are you there? Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for the time. Okay, this is the big question right off the top. How was the bachelor party, and why wasn't I invited? <laughs> it was awesome, and uh, it was just uh, a wedding party. I apologize. What What happened to your voice? I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> is this a result of the bachelor party? Most likely, yes. <laughs> what, what, what did we do? Can you give us a hint of what you guys did? I, I presume, I know John Volante was there. I saw, was, was it off the charts better than you expected? No, it was a great time with our friends. It was just awesome. We, yeah, you know, we had a pool party we went to, you know, out to a bar at night. And just, uh, we had two houses. and It was fun. Is it possible to put like a, you know, scale of one to 10? Is that even possible how good life is for Stipe Miocic right now? Because it really does seem like you're, you're, you're living the absolute dream, not only from, you know, winning the belt, but hanging out with all the athletes in, in town, bachelor parties. I mean, what, is, there, is there anything bad happening to you right now or is life just amazing? No, it's amazing. It's always amazing, man. I, don't, I mean, I don't like to bring myself down at all. I try to stay positive all the time. So, is it better than you thought the aftermath would be? Yeah, you know, it's not too bad. You know, I mean, I've been a little bit busy with you know, interviews and doing stuff like that, but, you know, it's a good problem to have. And we all know how much you love the interviews, right? Oh, so exciting. <laughs> have you warmed up to them a little bit? Are you Now that you have good stuff to talk about, you're the champion, they have to be a little more enjoyable, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean it's just, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just didn't like doing it before because I didn't know what to say. Now I've gotten a lot more comfortable with doing them. And I do them so much now. I'm just used to doing them. What has been the coolest thing to happen to you since you won the belt? Is there something that sticks out? 
no, I mean, I got to do uh, uh, more, the parade in the, one of the cities I worked for, and I got to pull the belt up and everyone screaming. That was, that was pretty cool. And what was in the home run at the Indians uh, field? I mean, you actually hit two, though, right? No, I did one. Just one. Okay, I thought you hit two dingers. I thought yeah. you, you tweeted that. Uh, that that's got to be cool. You have all these multi-million dollar athletes bowing down to you. That has to be a little surreal. I was talking about this, you know, before. It's like you're coming home, and your hometown teams and your favorite athletes and all that are looking up to you and giving you the red carpet. This doesn't happen all the time. It, it, it's got to be a little surreal, right? Oh, definitely. It's just winning the title surreal by itself. Uh, you know, so it hasn't hit me yet. Uh, <laughs> You know, but uh, you know, I think that when I'm all done and retired, old and sad, I'll finally, finally you know, sink in. But right now, I'm you know, just gonna try to keep getting better and you know, hold the belt for a while. How many times have you watched the fight against Verdum? Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just amazing? I mean, you gotta love that thing. Is there anything that you feel like you did wrong in that fight? Uh, no, I think uh, it was more head movement. You know, I was kind of standing still with my head, but. In general, you know, everything with the game plan, you know, we knew exactly what he was going to do. And, uh, you know, and then you know, he started charging, which actually caught me off guard. But, we, you know, we worked on backing up and throwing punches and angling. But it worked out well. So so did you did you expect that or not? Because, uh, you know, we talked about afterwards how it was a little out of character for him to just start charging you like that. Were you expecting him at some point to do that to you? No, I didn't think so. that. You know, he's going to keep doing what he's doing, you know, looking for leg kicks, looking for takedown, trying to do the clinch and all that, you know. And, you know, everything you're trying to do, and, uh, now they start charging me. <laughs> Calm down quite a little bit. Crazy. Um, do you recall what it sounded like in there on television? It seemed very quiet. What was the, like, were you worried that they were going to, you know, throw things at you? Because we, we've heard if, you know, a, a non-Brazilian goes into Brazil and wins the belt, that it could be a little bit, um, you know, a little bit rowdy. But from 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 a, a viewer at home's perspective, it just seemed really quiet. Like everyone was just in shock, but they were actually very respectful towards you. Was that how it was? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the fans were respectful before, during, and after the fight. They're, they're amazing fans, and uh, you know, it definitely was real quiet. And I just heard myself, heard me screaming, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. But it, everyone was, you know, real nice and respectful, even you know, even after. What about that moment when you came home at the airport? Were you expecting a reception like that? No, not at all. I just, uh, you know, I just wanted to go, go home and see my mom and show her the belt. But I, you know, it was a little overwhelming. So all these fans showed up, you know, they're greeting you like, you know, like you, like you just won the NBA title and, and you were actually moved to tears, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Amazing. I, uh, yeah, man, I just, uh, you know, I just worked so hard to get here, you know, and just, it was so awesome to have support and then just, uh, you know, it's just amazing just, just to have all those people behind me and supporting me. When you, when you finally got your mom and, and gave her the belt and, and, you know, you got to see her for the first time, what was that like? Oh, we just started crying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So a lot of tears shed in those 24, 48 hours. Oh, definitely. It was, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's work, work so hard for something and you, know, you finally achieve it. It's nothing better than that feeling. And so when do you switch off? Like, when does the party end for you? And because you already have your next fight, uh, typically it doesn't happen this quickly. You have a couple months to bask in the glory. Have you already started thinking about that Overeem fight or are you giving yourself a little more time to enjoy this? No, no, definitely. Uh, you know, I'll be in the gym tomorrow. I've been going a couple of times a week, you know, not every day, but just kind of working on stuff. But, you know, I'll be back on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Did you know that that was at play, that if you won, you would headline in Cleveland? Did you know that that was a possibility? No, I had no idea. I know UFC's always trying to 
from you know Cleveland Brothers, you know they they gave it probably like a week, probably about a week after the fight. You know they they actually you know, told me that you know like I'd be fighting in September. Wow, well, what was your what was your reaction when they told you the news? Oh, of course. You know, I mean, I love what I do. I mean, to fight. You know, can't pick and choose how I want to fight. Sure. So, you, but but do you think Overeem makes sense? Yeah, definitely. He's in a four fight win streak. I mean, whoever you want to put in front of me, I'll fight. You know. Gosh, I can't imagine what that week is going to be like with you defending the title. They've really rallied around you. And, and it seems like some people are saying, maybe you're the one to sort of change the fortunes of Cleveland. And now the, the Cavaliers are in the finals and they're four wins away. Does that, does that, can you even process that, that Stipe Miocic, local guy, could be the one credited for changing the fortunes of a city that has enjoyed so much heartbreak? I shouldn't say enjoyed, experienced so much heartbreak over the last 50 years. Does that even make sense to you? No, I mean, listen, we are, this is a great city. I love the city I live in, man. They are, people here are awesome. They're loyal and, you know, they're hardworking and uh, they're loyal to a lot of sports teams. So, uh, you know, things are changing here. Did you see LeBron when you were at the game a couple uh, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, for a split side. I mean, he has game. He's running out of locker room. Okay. That's all. Why did you choose the Della Vadova jersey and not the typical LeBron jersey? Uh well, uh, I needed some more cabs here, so I went to the store and pretty much were all out. But I do like Della Dola. I do like him a lot. I like Adele. Adele's awesome. He is a hard worker, but you don't actually think they'll beat the Warriors, right? You, you're, you're, you're hoping for the best, but you don't think it's actually going to happen, do you? Oh, I'm sure it's going to happen. Oh, you're con- you think it's going down. It's going to happen this time. Oh, yeah. 100%. What do you, what's your prediction? Do you got one? I'd say it's, uh, six games. Six games. All right. That means they will do it at home. Um, have you been on any? I know you're still a fireman and you're not planning on leaving that post, right? That nothing in the world will take you away from that, correct? No. Yep. I worked as Friday. Um, have you been out and about and have people been like, wait, are you the heavyweight champion? Has that happened yet? It's just civilians? No, no. I mean, we don't have to cause it. Nothing, nothing like that came up yet. <laughs> Okay, I saw a picture that you posted. What a picture this is! You're in your, uh, you're in a uniform and you're holding the belt. We'll show it right now. Was that your idea to do that? To do, I mean, that what? And you're sitting in front of the, uh, the fire truck. I mean, this is, this is like, this is a movie right here. I'm looking at this picture. It's unbelievable. How did that come about? Uh, my bu- the, the button up, the suit and everything. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, chief wanted to do it, and the lady did the photos wanted to do it also. Wow. And you got the hair, the quaff. It's I mean, I mean that is that is frameable, right? I mean that that has to be somewhere. <laughs> At least your mother. That is a great picture. Right, yeah. What a dream. Definitely. That's got. Uh, I want to ask you this. Uh, I had Roy Nelson on my show after your fight, and I asked him. It was just a couple of days after, and I asked him about the fight, and this is what he had to say. I just want to play you the clip and, and get your response. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's Roy Nelson. He he did the point fighting with me too. He ran. Um, you can actually see him. Like, I, I think that's where, like, the people that are, you know, track stars, you know. But, like, I would love uh, to fight Steve Bay again, especially now since he is champ with sure. actually a full camp. The point fighting. What do you make of that? That's where he thinks it is. I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, it's his opinion. Are you surprised to hear him say you knocked out the, the heavyweight champion and, and he was, do you think it still, you know, just stems from your first fight at 161? I mean, I've heard him say this before, but I was surprised to hear him say it on that day. Where do you think it's coming from? And uh, do, you have, do you have interest in fighting him again? I mean, I fight whatever you want me to fight. I mean, I think he's just trying to round me up and, you know, get some, you know, 
some Twitter action or whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, he's 31. I mean, that's fine. He's, I mean, you got to fight him up with Derek Lewis. You should worry about. Right. Um, but you, you're not opposed to that. I mean, if they say you're going to fight Roy Nelson, you're, you're down with that. Um, fight Roy Nelson. Fight. Okay. All right. So September 10th. Do you have any idea when those tickets go on sale, by the way? Nah, I do not know. I hope I find out soon that like, everyone and their mother texting and calling me and asking me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think that those are going to sell out in one day. I'm pretty sure it will. Are, are you enjoying... There's going to be a lot of distractions. Do you think it's going to be fun or do you think it's, you know, just fighting away from home would be less of a, you know, I don't want to say a headache, but there's a lot that comes with fighting as, at home, as you know. How, how do you think that's going to be? How are you going to deal with that? I'm going to do everything I usually do. If I, was out, if I was out of town, I would, you know, stay in the hotel, keep to myself and do my thing. Okay, so you're not going to stay at home or do anything like that? Nope, no. Do, do the usual and, uh, you know... Take care of business. When's your wedding, by the way? Uh, June 18th. Wow. It is good to be the king. What a life. Stipe <laughs> Miocic. Kill- yeah, I'm super excited. Are you going to sit courtside for all the finals games as well? I'm going to try unless, unless I'm working. <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm sure they're going to hook you up if you want them, right? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe not. You know. <laughs> Either way, I'll be watching, so I'm not worried about it. Did you know that it was exactly two years ago today that you flew to Brazil to knock out Fabio Maldonado? May 31st, 2014. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Two years. Look what's happened to you since. Uh, crazy, right? Unbelievable. Well, Stipe, congratulations, my man. Thank you for some time today. I really appreciate it. And good luck September 10th against Alistair Overeem. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, and have a great week. Same to you. There he is, UFC heavyweight king, Stipe Miocic, defending his title at the Q in Cleveland on September 10th. Hey, New York Rick, can you do me a favor? Can you see if uh, you can call Cody Garbrandt? Again, I want to ask him one other question. I forgot to ask him, and it's really bothering me. Can you try to get him back on the phone if possible? Just one quick question I wanted to ask Cody. All right. Something's bothering You know, sometimes I forget. There's so many questions. I don't write any questions down. And then it, it occurs to me, that I forget to ask one question. And it bothers me. You have no idea how much it bothers me. I think about it. Can I have the perfect show? And I'll, I'll obsess over it. That does it for today's guest, by the way. Um, hopefully we can connect with him. We'll do a quick Y'all Must Have Forgot. Memorial Day weekend came and went. Uh, I wasn't at the fight. I think I mentioned this last week. First time since UFC 71 that I wasn't at a Memorial Day fight. We had 84. I was there. 98, 114, 130, 146, 160, 173, 187, and then this past one. So it was the first time since... Uh, UFC 71 Rampage versus Chuck Liddell that I wasn't at the big Memorial Day weekend card. That's because they made the pay-per-view the following week, the one coming up, UFC 199. Um, and they did the smaller show at Mandalay on Sunday. But it's always been fun. It's always been fun, you know, covering those events because there's a buzz in the air in Las Vegas. Uh, that's typically where the cards are. And, and they try, in, in the past, those cards have actually been hit by injuries and all kinds of crazy stuff, but they always try to put on a big card. And I was reminded of my interview with Rampage Jackson, uh, UFC 130, Rampage Jackson against Matt Hamill. That wasn't the original fight. 
um, things changed along the way. And that's when the whole, you know, squashing the beef with Rampage thing, that's, that's when it all started. And uh, it started actually before the fight where I think he said, I don't remember what happened in the pre-fight interview, but he talked about, he talked about like me saying something about him. And then I said, well, let's squash the beef. And he said that where he comes from, you know, that's, that's fighting words, them's fighting words. And he got in my face and it was a fun time. And then he actually did the interview interview with me after the fact. Um, and, and I, I actually thought it was the more enjoyable of the two. He was a little less, uh, he was a little less aggressive towards me and, that's where the whole alpha beta thing happened. So that's my almost to forgot clip of the week. Uh, I guess we'll play it now. Any luck with Cody or no? No dice. Okay. He just didn't pick up. Correct. I'm going to text him. Anyway, let's go to the almost to forgot clip. This is prior to, actually it's after UFC 130. When was UFC 130? UFC 130. I'm going to say UFC 130 was 2011, right? May of 2011. There it is. May 28th, 2011. This is after Rampage's win over Matt Hamill. A very fun back and forth. And, you know, since it was Memorial Day weekend, I was reminded of this, uh, this fun interaction with my old friend, Quinton Jackson. So I thought it would be fun to replay it. Here it is. Y'all must have forgot me and Rampage way back when, five years ago. What do you want to know? Well, Rampage, congratulations on, uh, on a very dominant win, that's I thought. A, that's a fake congratulations coming out of your mouth right now. Honestly. This is my peace offering to you. I, you I came money. specifically to you. You lost money on me, didn't you? To be honest, I said you were my lock of the night. What? You were my lock of the night. What the hell that mean? That means that I was most certain in your uh, fight, the outcome of your fight. I said, Rampage, that's my lock of the night. That means you lost money on me. No, that means I picked you, oh, despite okay. the fact that you called me out and, and made me a little nervous on camera. Well, you, well, you've been talking bad about me, homie. I get tired of that. People don't know how much work I put in to this job, and they disrespect fighters and think they can say whatever they want to say about us, man. We human beings, dog. The truth is, I, I never talked bad about you. I just asked you some questions that you didn't like. Oh, okay, then. Well, we, we, we going to squash it? Do you want to squash it? Uh-oh. Man, I just had a fight. <laughs> you know, you want, you want. What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with this guy? Was there any point in the fight that it got kind of dull and you just thought of me and that kind of, like, raised your, uh, exactly. your aggression? Looked, man, with that one combo, he looked just like you, homie. That's, that's what got me through that fight, man, because my hand was hurting. I still wanted to knock his face off because he looked just like you, homie. He had the same messed up uh, facial hair. I thought I saw some crabs. And all in his, you got crabs in your facial hair. And that's why I was like pitching the crabs and like going around that dude. I thought he was you and then one, one combo. That's why my, my finger all swollen up now. How is your hand? You said it was fractured after the fight. It was fractured before the fight. When did you injure it? Like how, how many weeks out? I injured it months out wow. in, in Japan in December. I was drunk. Christmas time in Japan, spent you know, my, my Christmas holidays in Japan, and me and my friend Dave Roberts, and he, was, he was my corner man, maybe you guys seen him before, and I was kicking his ass in the hotel, and I, and I missed the elbow, and I hit my hand on the ground. But then, you know, it healed up before camp, but then I was messing around in camp, sparring, and then I did like an up jab, and, and I hit, and I hurt it. And so that, that happened, that, it re-injured, that, that happened like, uh, that was in the beginning of camp, that was like, that was like eight weeks ago, and I kept sparring with it eight weeks just do you often do that just wrestle with your friends in your hotel room and get crazy i'm i'm i'm, I'm a wrestler wrestlers always do stuff like that i'm a wrestler i'm a fighter you know saying people forget i'm a wrestler yeah we mess around especially with some alcohol we mess around <clears throat> like what people don't know about about fighters we alphas we the alpha male and guys like this they don't like alpha males that's why they try to pick on us because they more intelligent and stuff than us but that's all they got 
I'm alpha. You know what I'm saying? We alphas. We do what we want to do. We mess around the hotel. We get out. We get out the car and fight at a red light. We want to. We alpha. We do what we want to do. Every fighter y'all see in this stepping in the octagon, we alpha male. You know what I'm saying? And everybody else, beta, whatever. They ain't alpha. You a beta? Well, it's a step, I guess, a different level than alpha. See, he's smart. Right. But he's smart. But look at look at he's scrawny. Look at his neck. Look, look at look at scrawny that neck. Look at that little bit. Of, I could choke this. Shit. Look at that neck. I'm alpha. Look at my neck. Look at his neck. Scrawny. I'm alpha. Then and betas hate on alphas. Trust me, all the time. We get more ladies. How many ladies you got? Just Shut one. Up. <laughs> Shut up. He's lying right now. He got men. <laughs> uh, I just want to ask you about your wrestling. Oh, okay, he didn't take on? you down once. You yeah. know, people forgot that that's your base, right? That yeah. that has to be a source of pride for you, right? Well, yeah, I, I knew he wasn't going to take me down. I knew it. I fought way more wrestlers, way better wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? I'm a wrestler. I just, just because I don't go out there and wrestle, everybody try to hump on their leg and stuff don't mean that I ain't no wrestler. I like to throw them bungalows, like I said. So I try to knock them out, but maybe I should have wrestled his ass. And I'm, my fist wouldn't be hurting so bad. He got a hard head, man, for real. Whoever fight Hammer next, I'm going to tell y'all, what you want to do is go back and watch those old movies when they put their hand in that, in that, that stuff in that pot, make your hand hard and hit the fist get your fist strong, man, because other than that, man, you'll be hurting. Just two two things I just want to. Why, you, why are you always picking on me now? Now, no, you no. people, now you got the people on the internet like hating on me, and, and it's you. Playing I your saw a lot of people on the alpha mind. I saw a lot of people writing to you because they include your at ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a lot of people hating on me. No. Yeah. Only love from here. Okay, whatever. You would say that. What you guys say? Is John Jones next for you? I don't know. Did y'all hear Dana talking? Did you hear that? I, I want to hear it from your opinion. Well, I don't know. What well, you know? I would like for John Jones to be be next. He got the belt, don't he? Yeah. That's who I need. I need to get that belt. I need that belt back around my waist. Most importantly, how are you celebrating tonight? And am I invited? You're not invited, but I, I'm going to celebrate my ass off. But I better not see your ass there. <laughs> you don't want to be around me while I got alcohol in me. Homie. That'll ruin your night. That'll ruin my night. If I look up, I see your ugly ass face. Look at me with this, with this god-awful get-up. Come on, man. Your shoes don't match nothing, homie. Listen, what we got to do, dog? you got to let me take you to the mall and show you how to dress. I give you a little bit of my alpha taste. You know, you didn't need a little bit. I'll show you how to dress, homie. Everybody know Rampage know how to dress. You know one thing, but I know how to dress. And this ain't it right here, homie. I, I, do, that, I do that for you because I, I feel sorry for the people who wasn't born alpha. Everybody can't be born alpha, you know what I'm saying? You may be alpha of your litter. Are you alpha of your litter? Absolutely. Well, I run New York. Your litter. You know where your litter is, homie? Yeah, where I live. No. Oh. Uh, from our Bathroom? No. I don't know. You're, you're from your mom. Uh, you oh, that's not cool. Now you're getting my mom involved. No, no, no. no. I'm not a fan of yours, by the way. I'm not a fan of hers either. <laughs> but I'm just saying, from your mom's litter. I don't even want to go there. This is making me uncomfortable. From all your offsprings. Yeah, I know what you mean, but that's... Okay, well, shut up. Answer the question. Are you the alpha? No, I'm not. Well, shut the hell up then. Get the hell off the stage. You ain't the alpha. I'm glad. You're not even the alpha of your own litter. Get the hell off, off my... It seems as though we, we, we squashed it and now we're ending on a bad note. We didn't squash it. We didn't squash it because we didn't fight it out. We were, me, me and Matt Hammer, we just squashed it tonight. You know, he said go break my wheel and all this and that. And we squashed it. So out there, we, we, we showed each other respect. Gave we squashed it. When I mean, you, we can squash it right now. You want to squash it? That, that means hug it out. <laughs> that means hug it out. <laughs> Can't leave this. All right. Congratulations, sir. Thank you for the time. That's, that's your type of squash. That's how they squash it in Canada. That's how y'all squash it. You from Canada? They, yeah. Okay, now, all right, now I like you again because you from, cause I thought you was a dumb American. No. See, you, you ain't no excuse. 
if you you're from now you from Canada now now you got a lot of excuses. Okay. Thank Where you, you from? The, Canada? Montreal. I'm gonna take your ass back to Montreal. <laughs> Thank you for the time. All right. Get the hell out of my face. Classic. You gotta love that. I haven't seen that in a very long time. Amazing. Great stuff. Okay. Very quick. Cody's back on. Cody, are you there? Hey, Cody, I just wanted to ask you one question. It was going to piss me off if I didn't ask you. Did you see Roseanne's tweets about you after your win? Roseanne Barr, did you see her tweeting about you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I followed her back and saw that. So I thought that was cool. I'm a big fan of hers. So. What, what, what was that all about? Did you know she was a big fan? Do you, do you know her from a no. previous? What? No, I didn't know her. I, didn't, I, I was honestly surprised. I laughed because we used to always watch the show, me and my mom and brother. When we were younger, so I was like, I'm always glad. It was a... We always sat down and watched her, you know, watched her on her uh, television show. So it was cool. It was humbling to see that she was a fan of mine and you know, hopefully get to meet her one day. It's amazing. Tweeting about your neck tattoos and all this stuff. She <laughs> loves you. It's, you fight. Yeah. Your next fight, you have to have Roseanne there. Maybe walk you out. How credible would that be? Have her as my hype woman. That'd be amazing. Amazing. All right. That's all I wanted to ask you. I just, it was killing me that I, that I forgot that. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate right, it. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. There he is, Cody Garbrandt. Uh, I just really wanted to ask him about Roseanne. That's it. Um, she was tweeting about him. That was, that, 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 that was like the highlight of my night on Sunday. Roseanne tweeting about Cody and not just tweeting about him, like really going strong, really defending him. I love that show. Roseanne it was great. I don't think Uriah Faber has ever seen it. But I loved it. Roseanne on Twitter. How about that? Great stuff. What did she tweet? Let me find these tweets here. Roseanne. Do, do, do. Where is it? 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 Uh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, yes. So this is what... <laughs> First she tweeted, Cody wins it. As I said, she doesn't even, she doesn't even write Garbrandt. She just writes Cody. Cody, hashtag Cody wins it, as I said. Hashtag neck tats tell you, oh, no, no, excuse me. Hashtag neck tats tell the, T-H-A, tail. Roseanne is, she is down with no love. And then she had another tweet. Boy, she tweets a lot. Can't find the other one. That was the main one that I, that I retweeted. Oh, wait, did I find it? No. All right. Uh, maybe I found it. Did I find it? No. You saw those tweets from Roseanne, right? Yeah, th this is the one. You ready? Yes, yes, yes. Cody reminds us <laughs> of who and what we are as Americans. Badasses. No bullshit. Deliver the mail. Put your money where your mouth is. Comeback champions. Oh, my Lord. Cody Garbrandt. She is just the best. Roseanne. How do you not love Roseanne? If I knew that Roseanne was supporting me like that, though she was in my corner like that, that I, I would I would shoot for the moon as well. <laughs> She's great. I used to watch that show all the time. Was it before your time? Yeah, I used to watch it, but on like Nick at Night, like in replays. No, no, no. I never uh, I never watched it when it was on. I used to watch it when it was actually on. I remember da -na 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 -na. it was them in the kitchen and all the different scenes with the kids and all that. Da -na 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 -na. Yeah, that sounds like every sitcom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, how about Stipe Miocic? Did you see this? Stipe Miocic, there was an actual parade held in his honor today. No mention of that. Did he mention that? No, I don't know. Of course he didn't mention that. He's Stipe. <laughs> this is amazing. There's no a, big deal. No big deal for Stipe. Uh, John Anik just retweeted someone sending him see, see the Hunter on Twitter. There's a picture of Stipe Miocic in his 
you know, in his uniform, but it's not like the official fireman. It looks more like a police uniform is the blue shirt and the, the blue tie. And <laughs> he's in the back of a truck holding the belt. There was an actual parade in his honor. This guy's amazing. Living the dream and downplaying it every step of the way. All right. What do we got? Congratulations to your uh, Cavaliers. Thank you. Uh, you're feeling good. You guys feeling all good you know, about yourselves? Yeah. Loving life. Took six games, you know. Hard, can we, can hard we, fought, maybe? Can we no, get, not really. Can not we, really. BS. BS. All, all the wins were blowouts, so you can't really say hard fought. They, they kind of sh- crapped on them. What do you mean all the most, wins were blown up, blowouts? Oh, just for the Cavs. Most lopsided, uh, you know. Six-game series? No, most lopsided um, single game in semifinals or finals history. Uh, just not a not a good. Which effort. one? Was the what, the forty point one? That was game five. Yeah. Was it more than Warriors and uh, Thunder? One of those games when they got whooped? Yeah, it was. I don't know about that. Is that hundred percent accurate? Yeah, it is. It was number one in the semifinals or finals. No chance they beat the Warriors. Well, Zero. that brings us to an interesting question. Oh, what do we got? Well, I mean, no, 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 not oh. one of the. Actually, that is a literal question that we have. But you know, last time you were you were kind of pussyfooting around with the with was the I? stakes of you know the Raptors Cavs because it was easy for you because you know the Raptors were clearly the underdogs. Yeah. Now you're in the position where the, <laughs> the team that you're bandwagoning is actually the bandwagoning. the favorite. The team that you're bandwagoning is actually the favorite, and my team is the underdog. So maybe you'll you know be a little more inclined to to actually wager something. Here. I expect this kind of rhetoric from dummies on Twitter, like bandwagoning. It, to me, it's just so funny that people can't wrap their head around the idea of someone. You know, look, some simple-minded people they need a rooting interest. Everyone needs that when watching sports. So what do they do? They bet. They do fantasy, they do, you know, actual money line stuff, whatever they do. They take the odds, you know, the minus 500. I don't understand that stuff, but that's what some people need. And you ask them, why do you do it? Because, you know, I'm going to a random baseball game. This has happened to me many times. Where I go to a random baseball game with someone. They're like, oh, yeah, I put down 100 bucks on the uh, the White Sox. Wow. You, you needed that to get into the game? Yeah, I needed that. I enjoy sports for the love of the game. But that being said, I like to pick a I like to pick a team when I'm watching. So when the uh, the Warriors were playing, you know, the Sonics, I picked the Warriors. When the Raptors were playing the Cavs, I picked the Raptors. Did you call them the Sonics intentionally? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, if there's one fan, look, I know the Oklahoma City fans didn't ask for this. I know this, but. I, I just I can't support a team like that. I just can't. I, support. I'm with that. I'm and, with that. And someone tweeted me yesterday. Why does everyone you know what, complain about? You know what? That's a sign of what loyalty. Yes. And and, and and you know who won't be rooting for Oklahoma City or anybody else after their team gets it's removed? Not, it's not. That's not. The, and by the, the way, Sonics. Uh, well, obviously, but uh, especially not the Seattle fans. They're not going to be but, rooting but, for anybody. But else. someone. Well, I don't know about that. I bet you they were rooting for the Warriors. I bet you they were rooting for the Warriors in this series. The thing is, people say to me, like, oh, why do the uh, Thunder fans and, and the Thunder franchise get this much hate? Um, other teams have moved. But if you know anything about that that, that history. circumstances. Well, certainly. it was really an owner that just did, you know, he, he tried to get a new stadium. And it was just a, a really crummy thing. That city, that market supported the team as much as any franchise, so they didn't deserve that. But that's a different discussion for a different day. The point is, the Cavaliers are such an unlikable team. I will say this. <laughs> LeBron James, what he said about the great country of Canada afterwards yeah, to Dorisburg, that? that was nice. I, and I, actually, I actually felt a little bad about some of the things I said. It was very kind of him. I mean, for him to give us a shout-out was nice. 
But you guys he just don't get it. He was moved by the passion. Yeah. And that's the passion from the real fans. You know, the real Raptor fans. Bullshit. Not the ones who picked Bullshit. them up at the start of the playoffs. That's such... The real Canadian how Raptor How dare fans. you talk to me about bandwagoning? I mean... The real... I was thinking know, about this because I knew it was coming. I have... I will literally go toe-to-toe with any fan out there and say that I have had the worst luck of any sports fan. And can you blame me for wanting my son to not go through the same kind of heartache? The Buffalo Bills have not made the playoffs in the 21st century. Do you understand what that means? The 21st century, they have not made the playoffs. That's 1999. That's 17 years. The Expos don't exist, and the Knicks are a laughingstock. I was also thinking about this. Like, Look at every single NBA franchise, even the worst ones, even like the Timberwolves. They had a Western Conference run. Even the Nuggets, they had one as well. Every franchise in the last 15 years have had some great moment. The Knicks have won one playoff series. I mean, you can make a case for them being the most pathetic franchise in sports right now. And so can you blame me for saying, you know what, maybe I'm going to give my kid a, a Warriors hat because these guys play the game the right way and these guys are worth rooting for and they do things right. They don't, they don't jump ship. They don't jump ship. They don't leave their hometown when they see an opportunity to win a title and then come back and break their hearts. They probably should. I, I, lo- I, lo- I love those fans. You know, like the, the Cavalier fans talking to me about loyalty, the same people that were burning his jersey and welcoming him back, you know, the next breath. Get out of here. W- were, you watching, were you watching every Cavs game when they were the worst team in the league and, and, and drafting Anthony Bennett? That is total BS. No. I watch every Knicks game. I watched them more then than I do now, Total to be BS. And we know this to be true. You no, guys I, weren't I, watching. I watched them more you were, you were in the corner crying, saying, why me, why me? And now he's back and you're acting like tough guys. Learn a thing or two from the Warrior fans. Humble, respectful. I don't the get Warriors any... fans, are you included in this group? No, no, no. I'm just oh, talking okay. about the people on Twitter. I just want to make sure. I want to see. Not... Look, I want to I'm see a if fan you're of great basketball. In. And to me, I'm actually sad that there are only seven games left. I actually, I, I, I am so happy Believe that me, this is the final. Believe me, there's not seven games left. The Warriors are going down in six. Oh, God. All right, here we go. There's not seven games left. Well, there's that one Twitter guy that got all upset that I spoke about anything but MMA on this four-hour show. So uh, that was that little segment there, if you want to call it that, was dedicated to him. But if if the point of all of this was to get me to make a bet, like, are you asking for a bet? I want to wager something. Okay, so what is it? You can't just throw it out there and not have an idea. Uh, present me with something. You've got what? Uh, three days? No, two, two days. days. You got days. two days. Present me with something, and I'll consider it. Um, and 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 that's it. I know you bleed yellow and blue now. I'm not gonna. I, I see. How do you not? Come on. But, but remove yourself from the situation. The diehard Cavs fan that you are from Queens, New York. Remove yourself don't, from the don't situation. Don't even start this with, with a transplant what, Knicks what? fan. What do you don't mean? Even start I moved this. to New York because I felt like I had to be don't, closer don't to my team. Don't give me this. You have to be born where your At team Queens, is from. Queens, New York. I mean, it's unbelievable. Don't give me this. Anyway, um, you got to admit. What, 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 what you witness from the Warriors is something special. You have to. If you're a fan of basketball, you have to admit that, right? They, they are the most fun basketball team I've seen in, in my time watching basketball, which is quite a long time. I like the way they play basketball. I like watching them. So They're what's going not to, to lose. like? They're going to lose. Fair enough. And if they lose, I can't wait for the third, uh, the third matchup next year. That's probably going to be it, especially if Durant leaves, although I think he's going to stay. It's another topic. My point is, how do you not... If you're a fan who's experienced the worst basketball ever over the last 15 years, and that's New York Knicks basketball for the most part, <laughs> how are you not... I mean, it's like... It's like you're involved in the worst marriage of all time, and then the girl of your dreams is just sitting there. How do you not 
how do you not sympathize with us? I mean, I just dream of this. Could it, could I just have this for one season, let alone like the last? I mean, look at Seven Curry. It's unbelievable what he's doing. So that's why I long, I, I'm living vicariously through those great fans. And the Cavs fans, with all their nonsense and their, their, their trash talk and their, their histrionics and their, their flopping and their winning and their faking, it's just, it's just the worst. The worst. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. He, he got out of that toxic mm. Nick situation and got himself on a championship contender. Amon Shumpert. Good, good for these guys. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah, for these guys. Yeah. And yes, people asking me, Draymond Green, I'll take that guy on my team any day, and so would you. Oh, he's not dirty. Eh, he's what? kicked a guy twice what in the twice? same series below the belt, pulling him down by his arm. Draymond would, Green might would, be the dirtiest player in the league. You would take him in a heartbeat. Oh, I have no problem with dirty players. I would take him in a heartbeat. So Anderson Varejao is a uh, is a filth bucket, and uh, he is one of my favorites ever. He will be the X factor. He's getting a ring no matter what, which is incredible. Uh, will he? he well, Does he, he get the ring? Enough, yeah, he played enough games with the Cavs that uh, this season that he would get the ring um, if he wins. So he, wow, he's in a he's in a win win situation. Wasn't he like LeBron's guy? It's got to well, be weird for I, him. I, doubt, I doubt it was a LeBron thing, you know, him you going out, like wanting Varejao to be part of it, but just mathematically it probably had to be done. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, he was LeBron's guy for sure. He's, a, he's Cleveland's guy. We love Anderson Varejao oh, um, as a Cavalier. Come on. Come on. Have you ever been to a Cavaliers game? I, I think I would like to go in, in this playoffs, maybe a day trip. Ha, have you ever? Or maybe you, the parade. Maybe I'll go to the parade. Have you ever been to a Cavs game like in, in, in oh, New yes, York? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, many, many a that. time. All right, many a time. I've been in Barclays, MSG, and even uh, Prudential. No, 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 the one before that. Izod East Center. Rutherford. Izod yeah. Center. Yeah. Um, many, many times. Anyway, enough basketball. Yeah. We'll, in the next two days, we will come up with a wager. We'll see if Ariel takes it. Yeah, let's see. First question, Cody Garbrandt, smart Cavaliers fan. <laughs> Who's next in line for Cody? Um, I know I, we've talked about this, and I think you said your one option is Caraway. So yes, how that's about, what I want. How about Dodson? Or, or oh, Lineker. Uh, both are great. Both are great. But Caraway has the storyline. I mean, I think that that Caraway has uh, some momentum. I like the fight. You know, I like the fact that they fought on the same card. Uh, I like it in Ohio. But if I'm being honest, you know, Garbrandt versus Dotson in Ohio. I mean, the one thing I know for sure, one hundred percent. Yes, that has to happen. Yeah, that has to happen. And and I'm a little bit disappointed. I know I know Columbus isn't uh, Cleveland, but I felt like they should have put Matt Brown. Like, they should just put all the Ohio fighters on that card. They'll get support. Um, so I'm disappointed that they didn't put Matt Brown on that card. They booked him against uh, Ellenberger like a month before. I'm also surprised. There's a lot of shows towards the end of the year, and some that even haven't been announced yet. But, like, 202, 201, 202, 203 are happening in the span of a month and change, which is kind of crazy. But anyway, yeah, Garbrandt needs to be in Ohio. And I love the Caraway fight. Dotson Lineker sounds good to me. Although, no, wait. Does Lineker have a fight? He's fighting... Is he fighting Mayday? Who's Mayday fighting? Yeah. He's uh. fighting McDonald. Um, and uh, TJ Dillashaw is fighting Asunsa. Yeah. Danny you, Rubenstein will kill me if I don't uh, mention Asunsa. Danny Rubenstein, one of the all-time uh, great up-and-coming managers in MMA. He has been asking me to say that, so there it is. <laughs> He's asking <laughs> me to say that line verbatim? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, the, I... What this tells me, though, that is this division is reinvigorated. There's a ton of just incredible fights. Like, I, I love everybody 
who's been mentioned in, in any combination. I'm up for all of these fights. Um, between, you know, we just listed off six, seven, eight guys. I'd see any of them fight each other. So this this division, which, you know, once was um, ruled by Hennenborough and, and seemed to be kind of stale and, and stagnant, um, is now incredible. It's one, of the, it's one of the nicest divisions we've got. I was talking about this with uh, Luke on the MMA Beat. For my money, bantamweight is the most interesting division in the UFC and maybe MMA right now because of the mix of veterans, Uriah, uh, Dominic, of course. I don't know if you want to include Dillashaw and Asuncao in that mix, but, you know, they're kind of more veteran than newbies. And then you got the newbies like Garbrandt, even Caraway. Uh, Caraway doesn't get, you know, talked about as a veteran, but he's been around the game. Um, you've got these up-and-coming guys. Uh, Lineker is still, you know, somewhat up-and-coming. McDonald is back. Sterling is still in that mix. Uh, Dotson is kind of in between. I mean, the, the, the amount of names that they have and contenders, all of a sudden, that division was so shallow not that long ago. And now I would put it up like he was arguing lightweight. He was saying lightweight was the most stacked and deepest and most I, interesting division. I think he's right, but I think this is pretty close. You, you know why? Can I say why? It, it, it all starts at the top. And Dos Anjos still hasn't defended enough. He's not a big enough name. So I feel like when you have a big-time champion, there's a trickle-down effect. Cruz, Cruz has not defended. No, no. Times. Well, he, he fought in January, and he won the belt, and now here he is coming back, what, five months later. But my point is, there has been a major shift in the way people view Dominic Cruz. He is a much bigger star than the first time he was champion. I see it with the views when he's on this show, other interviews with him. It just feels like a bigger deal when he's fighting and he's around. It, you know, I can assure you, and maybe I'm going out on a limb and I'll eat these words, Dominic Cruz isn't going to headline a fight pass card in his next title defense. He's big time. He, mm. I mean, he's, he's a big time guy right now. He's a very big time name. I'd say he's one of their bigger names as far as champions are concerned if you go down the list and draws. Dominic Cruz to me is a draw um, and, and the way people perceive him is a lot different. So I feel like there's a trickle to and he has these rivalries. I, w- I will grant you that, but is that the deepness of a division? No, no, no. But Demetrius I say there's, there's, Johnson a, there's a, is not a draw. There, but there, there's a trickle down effect there. So when you have a draw as a champion and, and one that has rivalries with several guys, rivalry with Faber, if he you know if he fights Dillashaw again, there's the rivalry there. I mean, the, right, right there, he has his next fight. If Dillashaw wins his next fight, he's probably going to get the title shot again. I would think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Garbrandt has a history with him. There's all just there's just a lot of little little stories like Garbrandt and Dillashaw has, have a story. Dillashaw and Faber have a story. Cruz and Dillashaw have a story. Cruz and Faber have a story. Uh, Garbrandt and Caraway have. I just feel like a lot of guys are intertwined in that division, which makes it a lot of fun right now. For me, lightweight is still the the buzzsaw um, and and the hallmark division of the UFC. But I am uh, excited about this one. What do you make of uh, Caraway? N- underselling the Garbrandt fight. What do, what do you make of him saying he's not into it? Look, it, it, it makes sense. Um, go for the title shot, you know? Uh, you, that, that, that's but what, that's not, like, something that has been said. Like, Caraway getting a title shot is something he is asking for, not... Sometimes you got to put things out in the world and, and hope that they come back to you. So I don't begrudge him. Um, it's sort of like... Uh, there was a there was a case where this happened recently, and I was like, well, well why are you saying this? I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but... Everyone should be gunning for that title fight, and you're coming off a win. Like, why not put it out there? Uh, that being said, I'm not confident he's going to get it. I just don't see it happening. Um, but hey, you know, more power to him putting it out there. I think, you know, and I've seen some of the tweets since his interview. I think the way it will be perceived is, oh, he's ducking Cody Garbrandt. Um, no, silly. 
Well, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just the way people want to view things. But I, 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 I don't know, man. I really want to see that fight. I love that fight so much. Cody, Cody headlined the card, this, this yeah. last card that he was fighting on. So even if, you know, I, I think there's a lot of uh, getting stuck in these rankings that don't really mean much. You know, Cody's like, I want to be in the top 15. I want to be a top 10. It doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of irrelevant and, and kind of useless. Um, Cody just headlined the card. He's got, you know, name value, and, and it would be smart of Caraway to, to get himself a fight with him. Uh, by the way, is your camera out of focus? Someone's saying this to me on Twitter, and it's bothering me. I hope not. People need to see this. Can you zoom in and see? That's the best way to see if a camera is in focus Alex, or not. You all you got to do is, I learned up. this in uh, Newhouse. Back in the day, you zoom in all the way, and then you'll see if it's in focus or not. Because, yes, they have to see that, uh, that lovely man bun. How long are we going to go with that, by the way? Are we are we coming to a close here or what? Uh, no, I think, you We're know, etern- eternity might be the right amount of time. Can we update the uh, the Twitter profile then? I mean, it's... No. Can you update yours? What? I look the exact same. I look I the exact same. First of all, I don't know if that's true, but second of all... What are you talking about? I literally tell- look the exact same. I wore that hat, that exact hat to the show. I, I, there's nothing different. No, you don't look the same as you looked when that was taken. I mean, for the most part, even, yeah. Even I'm looking at the Rampage interview, you look different, and that was sooner. That was before you even had that Twitter picture. Come on. Not that much different. Maybe not as much as me, but... Your look is drastic. You got it all lined up and stuff. All right. <laughs> Cody uh, versus Caraway. Yes. That's the fight, That's yeah? the fight. That's okay. the fight. Why do you think uh, Caraway doesn't deserve respect? Uh, I'm sorry. Doesn't get the respect he deserves, rather. And do you feel that this fight uh, will will be something that changed that kind of uh, tide, yeah. that he will get the respect that he deserves. Well, actually, in the third line there, uh, unclever Brett says, is this is this Brett Okamoto? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Stop uh, <laughs> uh, In the third line, he says, could it be the inactivity or his relationship with Misha? People really sleep on the guy. And I, I think that could be, I mean, look, he hadn't fought since July. All these reports of him turning down fights. Um, and remember back, you know, I, I think Ronda Rousey helped fuel a lot of this with her beef with them, claiming that, you know, he, uh, he got a little physical with her and taking shots at him. I think, I think the ultimate fighter and the Tate-Rousey feud fueled a lot of this, this hatred that he gets, whether it's, uh, it's, it's right or wrong. But he definitely deserves your, deserves your respect after the Aljamain fight. I mean, 100%. Aljo talked a big game, and unfortunately for him, he didn't back it up. Now, do you think... Do you think it should have been a 10-8 first round? I do. So that would make that would make it a draw, right? That would make it a draw. I mean, you know, I'm not... Uh, it's so tough with those damn 10-8s. Yeah, I mean, in this case, it's not one of those... Like, I think Aljamain's pretty comfortable with where that fight ended, and, and Caraway's pretty comfortable with where that fight ended. It doesn't feel... In this case, it feels like Caraway took the fight from Aljamain, and I think they both can acknowledge that. Aljamain's not the, t- and I don't think he's the type of person to to rally behind the idea of, hey, that should have been a draw, um, when really he realizes that he has work to do and he's going to make those changes. All the stuff that you're seeing from him on social media is super positive and saying, you know, this is a learning experience. I'm going to be able. Yeah, to Yeah, he's use handling it. it really well. He's handling it super well, well and I don't think a draw, you know, fighting, making the case for I should have gotten a draw is where he wants to be. He wants to be the the clear cut winner, and he wants to make the changes to do that. Um, so I don't think this is a case where uh, we need to rally behind the idea that this fight was a draw. Caraway took the fight, and um, 
he deserves he deserves a lot of respect for his for his fighting skills. I think you know there's just guys who will rub people the wrong way, and he's one of them. There was the thing with um, the bonus money. I forget who it was. He oh yeah he campaigned to get somebody's bonus money. Pat or, Healy. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Pat he- oh, Pat Healy lost it because he popped yep, right. Yep, yep, yep. And he campaigned for it. There's yes, just a bunch right. of little you know anecdotes that that rubbed people the wrong way. Yes, but yes, I think yes. in term you know if we're analyzing him as a fighter, he he deserves all the respect in the world. He's he's really good. So he he talked about, you know, I I still maintain, I know that if you're taking it, you know, at face value and literally you can get riled up and I'm not going to begrudge anyone for getting riled up, but I still maintain that Aljo's trash talk was harmless, the Mr. Tate stuff. I, I... I guess it's harmless, but you know, I mean, not clearly, the direction I would have gone. But fair enough. I mean, clearly it worked because it, it it got under their skin. I mean, it, it worked. worked leading up to it yeah. to hype the fight. It didn't work mm-hmm. in the actual fight. It, it you could say yeah. backfired because maybe it made him fight better in the second and third. Um, but I still feel like you know, fight. You know, there's 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 definitely there's definitely topics that are off limits. Obviously, I don't think that this was one of them. And may, maybe I'm I'm. I'm not, and, I, and I'm known to be t- a little too sensitive. I think I think it's this at base level, um, it's you know not that big a deal, and it's and it's something where he's kind of just needling him for the sake of needling him. When you di- when you think about it a little deeper than just you know fight talk, then that's sure. where the, it becomes problematic. But how much and crazy so, stuff do you hear in the fight sure. game that you put it into the real world and you're like, this is crazy stuff? Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like this fake fantasy world that we live in. I think that's why you I love know, it. It, it skirts the line, and um, either way, it seems to be you know a non-issue now that uh, Aljo sure. hasn't really you know continued this, and, and that's well, okay. it. I mean, it would yeah. be crazy if he did, right? He lost. So our next question is about that fight, and is about the the t- the first round and the and the ten nine must system. Um, this is a rec- this person is is proposing that this is a recent example of this happening. One that that comes to mind right off the bat for me is. Um, is Jacare and Joe oh, yeah. Romero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know you could make the case that the first round was was ten eight, and then the the subsequent two rounds were ten uh, nine. Um, but do, do we have an issue with with ten eight? Is it is it not scored properly? Is it not of scored not. enough? We just don't know what it is. In boxing, it's very clear what a ten eight is. Did you think that the first round was a ten eight for so, for Aljamain? Uh, as I tweeted, the way I watch fights these days is like I try to guess what the refs say and or what Judges. they'll think. Yeah, what did I say? Ref. Oh, sorry. Uh, I try to guess what the judges will score, and mm-hmm. I thought that there was a chance that they might score. I wouldn't have been against it. I also thought there was a chance they weren't going to give it because they're so they're so hesitant to give it. Um, but I, I, I think that there's definitely an argument that could be made for it being a 10-8 because it was just so one-sided and dominant. Now, it wasn't dominant in the sense that he was beating him up with punches to the face, but it was dominant in the sense that he was you know, 100% controlling the fight, um, controlling the round, dominant position, had him in some tough spots. I mean, there was, it was really a one-sided round. It was so dominant that somebody scored the fight for him. Yeah. I mean, that was... The great Adelaide Bird. Um, that was a, a disaster. Some, some of these old boxing uh, referees slash judges just, I mean, they can't go away soon enough. I mean, I'm sure they're great people, but they just don't know what they're looking at. You know, it's unfortunate. We've, now, it, it occurs to me that we've talked about this for years now what do we have to just accept this do we have to just lay down and accept this what what do we do yeah it sucks. it's been years now like there's there's been no movement nothing is going to change 
Um, this, you know, the 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 scoring in favor of Aljamain is just as bad as anything we've seen in the past. Like, do we just have to lay well, down and take it? Luckily, it didn't turn into a big thing because the right guy won. I mean, you could say that it was either a draw, draw, or, or a carry win. So, luckily, it wasn't a complete robbery, and 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 the wrong guy won. But even if it was, I mean, what do we do? We just move on yeah. to the next day. We we have no recourse. And what are you going to do? It's, it's on these commissioners. It. You know, it's on them. What are we going to do? Start a riot? It's a shame. I mean, we, you know, it seems to work in the favor of uh, cleaning up the sport on the, you know, performance-enhancing drug side, um, making us think about it. But we've yet to, you know, really impact the, the scoring aspect. As they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. But it seems like there's no traction. We're not no, even getting no closer. Traction. We're not no even traction. moving in I the agree. right direction. I agree. Uh, what's next for Hennepin Barrow? Um, this person is proposing that TJ broke him. I mean, look, he's, he's a lost three of four. Yes, he's a completely different fighter. I thought he looked great at 145 physically. Um, it was a fun fight. Huge credit to Jeremy Stevens, um, and and perhaps maybe he never recaptures the the magic of old. But uh, I certainly don't want to see him go down to 135. That's for sure. Uh, he just needs to take a step back and look. I don't, I don't like this kind of talk because I think it's revisionist history. I will simply say this. When they were touting him as the pound-for-pound pound king, it was always very silly. Could we agree on that? In the era mm-hmm. of John Jones and all these other fighters, I mean, that felt like we're trying to sell pay-per-views. And I think he has been a victim of that to a degree because I think he's not that far off from the fighter who was, you know, he, he just he wasn't fighting top-level competition he wasn't, you know, he didn't fight Cruz. He fought Dillashaw and lost Faber's twice. not, Yeah. Know. Oh, no, he was. But, I mean, other than that, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, the, well, compare his resume to John Jones's resume. Let's be honest here. Like, how anyone in their right mind can call him the pound-for-pound king over John I Jones? Think, I don't think that was in, you know, now, I, I have thought and have always thought you know, John Jones is, is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter because I just think he's the best fighter. It doesn't matter weight, whatever. That's what I, and that's what I think pound-for-pound pound should mean. Um, but I don't think it was unfair to have Henan Barrow high at the time. And no, no, I, I'm not talking high. I think, you know, there we was, were, a, there we was a bit of hyperbole. Yes. yes, yes. We were being told that he is. But that's is, the fight game. Now, I, mean, this was, I think that it, it, it was fair to have him up there at that point, though. And you know, you're looking at his wins. I think he had a, a solid run of wins um, up until of course he, did. he got he, beat by he, TJ. Uh, to the point where, it, I mean, it's not dissimilar from um, Demetrius Johnson's run at the top at 125, and we're considering him a pound-for-pound great. Um, it's fair. That's fair. Although, that's although DJ's fair. doing this, I mean, I think he only has one rematch, and that's uh, Faber. Demetrius is like beating the same guys over and over, and and that complete. shouldn't that be actually a worse case for you know he's he's no. already beating these guys. No, I, I'm saying like if a guy gets two cracks at you, and in the second crack mm-hmm. you're knocking him out, I think that says something. These guys are seeing. Look, I'm not trying to. I, I hate this kind of talk. I really do. But all I'm saying is, great fighter, um, you know, has obviously hit a rough patch. I don't think that this performance was. You know, like the Dillashaw fights, that's for sure. Um, but I, I, I can't help but think every time I think of Hennebrow, I think of interim champion, then full time champion. But he never fought the king, and he was not pushed the right way. I mean, pushing him as the pound for pound king, 
to me is just kind of like, what? You know, you can't do that. It's almost doing a disservice to him, honestly. Yeah. It's like it's like a needless title. It did set him up for, for an expectation uh, that, he, that he probably wasn't uh, able right. to sustain. And remember, when they really started pushing that, he lost his next fight. Yeah. But he needs to retool, obviously. We're, we're but not go down to 135? No. No way. I think, you know, the weight-cutting stuff there, we've, we've seen enough of that. But how about on the other end of it, Jeremy Stevens? Yes, good for him. Uh, what's next for him? He said in a post-fight interview that Dana White promised him something. Yeah, I don't know what he promised him. Who do I look like, Jeremy Stevens? Oh, come um, on. <laughs> You've got the inside knowledge. People uh, were, were wondering if you knew. Let's see. I, I'm curious. Let's go to the featherweight rankings. I loved Garbrandt campaigning the rankings committee. I mean, have you? can we just go through? I really... You know what's crazy about the rankings committee? It's getting smaller and smaller. It's literally getting smaller and smaller. Um, it used to be like this long drop-down list. I mean, I just want to tell you... Can I just tell you the outlets? I'm not going to call it names. I just want to tell you the outlets, okay? MMA Nut, fine outlet in, in Sweden. MMA Weekly, of course, uh, they've been around forever. MMA Brazil, MMA Weekly, UOL Brazil, Scripps Howard News Service, which is a credible outlet, although I never heard of the guy. CFMU 93.3 FM, hmm. Vladusport.com, Fight News, KIOZ San Diego, AM New York, The Wrestling Observer, Cherokee Scout, MMA Oddsbreaker, The Fight Network, Gazeta Esportiva, Combache, Burbank Leader, Sportsnet. I mean, there's not a single junkie, MMA Fighting, SureDog, uh, ESPN, Yahoo. You know what I'm saying? It's a little but, strange. But for Sports good reason, correct? I mean... They wouldn't want to participate in these, so it's it's you know it's it's both sides not wanting to do it rather than like it's not like if they asked these outlets that they would participate. It, so, but it's it, not, it, it pains my heart that someone like Cody Garbrandt, the biggest moment of his career, is campaigning to these people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there's just something wrong with it. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know how I got on. Oh, yeah, Jeremy Stevens. Uh, where is Jeremy? <laughs> Speaking of which, let's see where Jeremy Stevens is ranked. Jeremy Stevens is number nine. There's some interesting fights for him. I mean, the thing about Jeremy is that he's had big opportunities. This one, I think, probably his most impressive win. And then he'd get the big fight against, like, a Cub Swanson in the main event, and it doesn't go his way. So he's had, he's had the big spots, um, and, and maybe it's all coming together for him now. I remember, this is a guy, Jeremy Stevens... Doesn't Jeremy Stevens have a win over Dos Anjos way back when? Pretty sure he does. I think it was UFC 91. I mean, this Boy. guy has been around forever. Here it is. Yep, there it is. UFC 91, round three KO slash TKO over the lightweight king. So this guy's been around. He's a tough out. Anyone sleeping on Jeremy Stevens making a big mistake. Lost his last fight to Max Holloway. Remember that at 94. He, he's kind of like, you know, he's, he's lost, he lost two in a row against Oliveira and, and, and Cub, then beat Bermudez in a great fight, then lost to Holloway, and now beat Brow. This by far the biggest win. I mean, the Dos Anjos win didn't mean as much back then. Um, has losses to Edwards and Cerrone. So he is on track. He's fought some tough guys, Pettis too. So, you know, he's kind of he's kind of fringe top 10, top 8, top 5, something like that. 
Don't push him too quickly. Let's see if he can go on a run here. Good for him. And no idea what Dana White promised him. No. Should the UFC play up the North Cal versus SoCal uh, rivalry happening happening at UFC 199? Seems like they could do some fun marketing. That, that, that feels a little too regionalized. Um, as I said at the, the top, uh, all four participants in the main and co-main live in California, which is pretty cool. Um, and I said, you know, the NBA champion, NHL champion, middleweight champion, bantamweight champion, light heavyweight champion can all be from that corner of the world but come Sunday. Uh, man, look. You know, NBA champions coming out of Sure. Cleveland, oh, right, Ohio. right. I thought you were talking smack about Faber or someone. Um, but, I mean, you don't want to go too regionalized. You know, that's just something that you might want to do locally, but not, you know, I'll let you know when I'm out there, but I, I, I don't. It doesn't have the East versus West appeal. No, it's, no, it's, no. Is, yeah. it, is, is there a big rivalry between the North and the South? Like You're a asking huge... the wrong person. I mean, I guess the Giants and the, uh, the Dodgers have had a you know, long-standing rivalry. And the Warriors and the Lakers, you know, they weren't really good at the same time. The Sharks and the Kings have a rivalry. So, yeah, I yeah, guess there is. What about like, the Kings and the Lakers? That's, that's a rivalry. That... That's true. That's true. Um, I think this is a thing. I mean, I'm, I'm really not informed enough to, to speak on it, but uh, it does seem a little regional. I'm with you on that. They could probably do like a cool, like maybe one teaser on it or yeah. something like that. Uh, do you think... Two from the same guy. Yeah, yeah, two good questions from Twitter. You get a good question, you get a pick. Yeah. Do you think that USC 199 will be the last chance at gold for both Faber and Bisbing? Oh, you love this question. I love this question. You, you're the one who constantly says, not the last chance. You hate yep. when you're talking last chance. So why don't you answer it? Nope. For both? Nope. They're both going to get another shot at some point down the line. Wow. That's pretty bold. The answer is no. Because oh. this is what happens. They take the opportunity. They're, they, they, maybe they're nicked up. They stay, hel- they stay yeah. ready. Even if they're not 100% healthy, they always step up and always take the opportunity. The same thing happened here. Bisbing, all he had to do was ta- say yes. Uh, there were other people who said no, including Jacare. Uh, and he got the shot. What about your boy Jacare same saying thing no? For, well, I mean, he, his injury seemed, uh, you know, one that you wouldn't say yes to a title fight. Okay, okay. So who do you give the title shot to uh, after Saturday? Do you give it to Jacare? Has he earned it because he was offered it? Do you give it to Romero who beat Jacare, as controversial as it may have been, or Weidman who was supposed to fight in this fight? Like, what do you do next? I think they they want to give it to Weidman based on so? the based on the fact that they wanted to give it to him based on nothing. He, he had you think done nothing doing Weidman to earn it. in New York. So yeah, you do Weidman. Um, and then I think it's, you know, Romero and Jacare to, hell, rematch them, and the winner gets it this time. Interesting. Um, but I think in terms of who's earned it, uh, Jacare is the, is the front runner on that. Even though he's 1-1 one one in his last two fights. Right, but he beat Romero, clearly. Did he beat him, or was it a draw? I think even, this if could it, be this... even if it was a draw, then the rest of his streak is all wins. Mm-hmm. His resume is still better. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, anyhow, I'm going to say it is. How for both. Yeah. Last shot for both. Yeah. I could see it as they're both nearing the end of their career, but I, mean, I just think they'll, there, there will be a circumstance, and this is happening more and more in, in the current uh, environment of, of MMA, where you know who, the, the first person available gets it. I think Bisping and Faber will, will be those guys. At least one of them will get another shot. I'm going to say it is, and I think that they should play it up as as it is, just to get people a little more emotionally invested. I will also say that the buildup has been a lot of fun. 
I don't know if you saw that Bad Blood show and I all the other stuff. That, no. It's just fun. I mean, the, the UFC made a great call. They're going to do a press conference. Sometimes it's better to do a press conference than just your regular media day because it turns into a spectacle. With these four characters, you got to do a press conference. So they're going to do a press conference on Thursday. I thought that was a great call because the dynamic between Rockhold and Bisping and Cruz and Faber is just, is just amazing. So play that up for the world to see. I'm curious how many pay-per-views it's going to sell, though, because it's right before 200, and I, you, I, I really think this is an interesting one as far as Do you as think losing Chris Weidman was a net negative, a net positive, not, like, you know, no effect you, on the pay-per-view? No, I don't think so, because I think that Bisping has a lot of longtime fans. He's getting people excited. He's getting people riled up. He's just, he's just such a fun character, and I think in his older age... Um, and this long journey, 10 years now, let's remember a lot of his diehard fans are in England and they don't count in the pay-per-view discussion. But I think he's developed a lot of, it's funny, a couple of years ago he was the biggest heel in, in the game. And now I, I do feel like people are, are viewing him like this sort of well, you know, sweetheart character, when, father of three. In, in, in the embedded, his own son is picking against that's him. That's exactly what I was about to say. He's on the embedded yeah, show. His son <laughs> is picking against him, and he's laughing it off. He's laughing that's it going to win you some fans. Yeah, he's great. That's um, going to win you some fans. I also love how in every. First of all, do you notice that when he talks about the fight, like he literally interviews himself. He sure. goes. He goes. He's just Luke Rock. Like he's doing this. Like he's running, and he just starts breaking it down. And I love how he says in every soundbite. Believe you me. Believe you me, I'm going to go out there. He's always saying that. It's great. I love it. He talks about, like, he's almost, I do believe to a degree that he's trying to convince himself, but not in a bad way because he doesn't believe, like, I actually do believe that he he thinks he's going to win, but it sounds like he's having this internal monologue, but it's just out there for the world to see, and he's just breaking the whole thing down in his mind. It's fun. I mean, th- this is this is why we love this sport. Two and a half weeks notice, guy, 10 years in the in the game, in the UFC, gets a shot at the belt against the guy who beat him. Or, you know, like, you can't script a better story. So I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Speaking of a ton of fun, Faber and Dillashaw, do you think that matchup will happen? Let's say... Yes. Uh, oh. Yes. Boom. How about, how about if... Faber loses. Yes, it's gonna. They're gonna figure no out. No matter what. Yes, it's, it's gonna. gonna ha- it has to happen at this point. I would love that fight. Yeah, it's gonna happen. This question was for me specifically. Betting question. What do you got? Uh, Gadelia and Nunes combined plus nine hundred uh, when doing it as a parlay. Do what I do think that it's realistic? Yeah. I wouldn't parlay it, but I do think both of them are relatively. But he, but he, he's asking you. I would say no because I wouldn't parlay it, especially with underdogs that pay a, a good amount of money. Okay. But I do think betting on them individually wouldn't be a terrible decision. Who has a better shot? Well, I think Claudia won the first fight. Now, I think Joanna has gotten better since then, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Claudia has looked uh, just as good since then. Um, I'm not sure who I'm picking in that fight yet, but I do think that Claudia being uh, as big an underdog as she is is interesting, and I, and I think she has the tools to win. Um, and with uh, Nunes, you know, I think she has clear deficiencies that take can take advantage of. But the thing about Misha Tate is she's always in a tough fight. Um, you never see a Misha Tate fight where she just cruises. Uh, except maybe no, not even. I was about to say Rin Nakai, but I think even Rin Nakai had some moments where uh, she looked like she had some offense. So I think the the reason there is just that Tate is always in a scrap, and um, you know. 
you win those and you lose those, it's not a, it's not a thing where you always come out ahead. So I think that uh, both of them are, are decent underdogs to take a look at. How many minutes of The Ultimate Fighter have you seen so far this season? Negative minutes. Negative I've gone, minutes? I've gone out of my How's way to possible? avoid it. <laughs> um, wow. Strong words there. I just, it's nothing, against, uh, it's nothing against anybody who's on it. It's nothing against the show itself. I just have no interest in it. And, and it's, there's nothing they can do to, to get me back. I've, I've not watched a minute of Tough since, you know, who, God knows how long. Hmm. I just can't. I think the last season that I watched relatively regularly was the, um, the first one with the women, like, Actually, no, I disagree. Uh, excuse me, I, I correct myself here. Um, the Strawway one wasn't that long ago, but that was because they were fighting for the belt. And we knew those people. And we were emotionally invested sure. in them and all this stuff. Yes, uh, I cannot lie. I cannot front, as the kids say, I have not seen it myself. Um, I, I did see a promo where it said that uh, Joanna is down like 5 nothing or something like that. And that's interesting. And, and some people actually have tweeted me saying that she's... She's coming across as a bit of a bully and... Uh-oh. Yeah. The last time this happened was another famous... What happened? Oh, yeah. Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Well, there I, you go. I have not seen that, but that'd be interesting because people soured on Ronda a little bit after that. Well, how about this thing that doesn't come into play at all? Sometimes putting someone on tough isn't the right thing. Like in the past, they thought putting them on tough is the right move. You get more exposure, 12 weeks on TV, all this stuff. Sometimes, you know, I think back to the famous Brock Lesnar... Uh, season when he's walking around with that stupid uh, basketball jersey. And it's like, what? Brock Lesnar should be in the woods somewhere. Like, we should not be seeing Brock Lesnar walking around with this green basketball jersey. It just completely kills the... Conor McGregor. Yeah, although, to his credit, he never wore it. He always wore a suit. No, not. The, I'm not talking about the stupid jersey. I'm talking yeah, about the, the fact that he no, probably shouldn't have been on that show. Fair enough, but the, the jersey killed me. <laughs> like, like, seeing Brock in that dumb jersey actually killed me. Do you remember that thing? Yeah, silly. of course. I remember. So dumb. All right. Okay. Yes. Uh, UFC 200. We've asked this at various points. By the way, why do you skip over the compliment that he he gave me on the lineup? So we've we've checked well, in once at, again. At UFC you deliver 200. another stellar lineup. He says we've checked in with UFC 200 at various points. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. What's your take? At, but not even you know what the last fight will be. But yeah, how do you feel about the card as constructed? present day this very moment okay is I, it 200 worthy I, I love the cormier jones fight love it sure i'm gonna be super excited i'm gonna be here saying we're five days away six days away blah, blah blah i will say this though i i feel like right now i am really excited for 199 because of all those rivalries mm, and interesting i i would put it up there with 200 like if you're saying to yourself which one should i get I don't know if I could tell you. Like, I, oh you, wow, am I crazy? I don't know if I'm that excited about 199. Oh, I love 199. I really do. I mean, Bis, I'm a sucker for these stories. So Bisping going for the belt alone is is worth the price of gold. And then Faber Cruz for the third time. That's tremendous. Those stories are great. You but John Jones and Daniel Cormier. But that's is the thing. Story. It is. It is. It's tremendous. I will say this though. John Jones and Daniel Cormier too does feel like it needs a bit of a kick in the butt, don't don't you think? It, yeah, it, you play a promo of of their you know run-ins up until this point, and you will kick that right in the butt. Yeah, but look at this card: Max this, Holloway versus Ricardo this Lamas. Is the same thing. Dan Henderson versus Hector Lombard. What? Oh, Dustin Poirier versus Bobby Green. <laughs> Did you just go? <laughs> yes. Dustin Poirier versus Bobby Green. Can we just talk about great Bobby fight. Green? The return of Bobby Green. Uh, Brian Ortega versus Clay Guida. James Vick versus Benil Dariush. 
That's a tremendous fight. It, it is a good card. Yeah, Jessica Andrade versus Jessica Penne. Um, Cole Miller versus Alex Caceres, which was originally yeah. was supposed to be, yeah. uh, you know, BJ. BJ and all that. Very sad. I mean, that's great. Tom Breeze fighting on the fight past prelims. It is a very solid card, but at the top, Daniel Cormier versus John Jones is just overrides everything. It it takes everything. Fair enough. But if we're gonna go tit for tat here, can we at least say that you know this is a little s- old one ninety nine actually can hold its own in in the discussion at the end of the day yes the pageantry of 200 the new arena jones cormier um you know seeing frankie fight against uh, this is all great misha's first title defense uh kane against brown this is all well and good but i don't think it's a no-brainer i don't think it was the no-brainer that 100 versus 99 was you know what i'm saying yeah i think um i think 198 was really really solid 199 is really really solid but 200 n- not about the number but about that headline fight that really is going to make the difference for me they're uh, just going to yeah. when we get closer to it they're going to start rolling out the promos and we're going to remember why that first fight was so important and uh, why the second one is is as well it's it's gigantic but 199 is great it's solid from top to bottom i love 199 it. is really good. and i also love that it's at the forum for some reason and not the staples center Forum's a great venue. You've been really? there? Yeah, we had a, a glory show there. Oh, yeah. Look at you. Really, really nice venue. Um, I am I am also excited for 199, but not that excited. Come on. Not as excited as you are. Speaking of uh, speaking of fights that were potential for 200, uh, Nate versus Connor. Oh. Do we have an update here? Now, we had an interview <laughs> with Nate By the way, last- where were you last week? We had to go on our own. Like, Couldn't make I mean, it. You know. I mean, it's unbelievable. What was it like seeing the entire world? We were trending on Twitter. I don't know if you know this. We were trending on Twitter, whatever that means. I, I honestly feel like people just say that to sound cool. Yeah. But anyway, I'll take it. Um, and, and you were on the outside looking in. What was that like for you? That's what I want to know. It was uh, not something I was paying attention to because I was working. A BS. And that's you, the you, you were completely oblivious to what was going on. I mean, that's even more insulting if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, you know. I had, to, I had to work, but... You couldn't have that on and, and that you couldn't wear your headphones? I mean, no, I don't I believe that. I could not. But that is BS. I will say this. Uh, that was fantastic stuff. It was truly incredible. Um, so kudos to you and kudos to uh, Nate, who really, you know, came off like a like a champ on that one. Um, but... Kudos to the team back there for putting the whole show together on 24 Hours Notice. They stepped up. They oh, showed up to oh work. Oh, God. Unlike you. I did show up to work. That's why I wasn't here. So, question... Wow. Do we have any later news than what than anything that was discussed last Wednesday? Do we have an update since then? Believe it or not, a tiny bit of movement, but nothing huge. But this is what I'll say. Believe it or not, there's not a huge update. I can't tell you that it's anywhere really closer to two oh uh what was it, two oh two yeah, all this stuff. But this is this is what I'll say. I've been thinking about this fight all weekend long. I do believe that one day when all the 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 facts are out, the details are out. When the story is told about these two guys and this rivalry, if you will, and this, at least two fights, maybe it ends up being three down the line. I wouldn't be surprised. I do believe that we're going to look back on this fight as a real shift, like like going down as one of the most important fights in the history of this sport. And I'm not... I'm not overselling this. I don't. I actually feel like I'm underselling it, and I don't feel like everyone is grasping this. I mean, you you, you start. There's going to be a documentary made. I, I I can assure you that a great book can be written about this fight, and and here's why. 
Conor McGregor, when he was fighting in Ireland, people used to call him Mick Diaz. They used to call him the Irish Diaz brother. So you think about there, like where these guys started, completely different worlds, completely different countries, different backgrounds, still had their ups and downs, you know, humble beginnings, all that stuff. But one of them was actually being compared to this famous you know, to, to these famous brothers. And then they, you know, they go through their journey, journey da, 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 da. they're about to fight. Um, you know, Nate feels like, like Connor's taking everything that he's, that, he, that he's built and he's, he's making the money that he should be making, calls him out, you know, consciously as, as he explained in that interview so well. And, and the stars align. Remember, Connor could have, if Connor would have told the UFC prior to 196 when RDA got hurt, I want Cerrone. They would have done the Cerrone fight. He was ready and willing, but they zeroed in on Nate Diaz for whatever reason, and the fight happens, and it explodes, and it does 1.5 million buys, which is absurd for a fight that was put together on 11 days' notice, and the world is watching that press conference, and they have the, you know, the, the, the melee um, at the one a couple of days before. And then, and then Connor loses, and the entire world explodes, the MMA world explodes. And then he, for some crazy reason that no one can understand, asks for the rematch, and asks for the rematch in the same weight class, and they're going to do it at 200. And then he retires, and then the fight's on, and then it's off, and then Nate shows up to the press conference, and they think he's going to take another fight. And this is where it starts to get really interesting, and this is why it's so important historically. Nate Diaz could have showed up to that press conference prior to UFC 197 and said, if you're going to pay me the same amount of money, I'll fight someone else. But subconsciously, or maybe not, maybe not even subconsciously, but you know, he, he wasn't as literal as, as, as perhaps some would like. He said that I'm going to stand by this guy because he recognized what the fight meant, how big it was. And he stood by Conor McGregor. You get what I'm saying? He could have taken the same payday and fought at 200 and probably made around the same amount because it's 200 and that number means a lot. But he stood by them. He stood by his guy. And then, and, and now all this stuff happening and now you see, you know, Nate coming on the show and even Connor saying, like, that's the fight that they want. And, and for the first time in UFC, like, look at Stipe versus Alistair. And I don't know if I'm verbalizing this the right way, but Stipe versus Alistair. Stipe wins the belt. They say to him, okay, you know, Alistair is next. I'll fight whoever you want. That's not happening in this fight. And in the history of the UFC, how many times has that happened? Where the fighters are in some shape or form almost banding together to get what they want. And they're talking nine figures. And they're talking big money. And it's not being scoffed at. And it's generating these kinds of numbers. This is, this is changing everything. Nate Diaz is putting out the blueprint to fighters saying, don't say that you fight whoever they want. You know, say what you want. You know, don't, don't say that you'll take any fight on track. You know what I mean? He's actually telling fighters, Nate Diaz of all people, is telling fighters how they should act. This is fascinating stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? This, this is a real shift in the way the sport, I think, is being played out behind the scenes and being viewed by the public. It's opening my eyes. It's mind-blowing to me what's going on here. Absolutely. That said, I do think Conor McGregor was laying out this blueprint before anybody. Absolutely. I don't think Nate Diaz is the one who's responsible for, for laying this out. I think Conor McGregor got this train uh, rolling on his own. 100%. And, and, and that's what always got me fired up about, you know, the way people couldn't appreciate, you know, even people in the featherweight division. This guy is changing everything for you guys. And then you have some other fighters like, oh, you know, uh, let's say Conor was calling them out. He's like, oh, he doesn't deserve to fight. Are you nuts? You should be jumping at the chance to fight Conor McGregor, even if he's not the champion. So, so, but, but to his credit, Nate is proving to be a draw in his, in his own right. Well, 
I you mean, don't think? No, I was about to say, you know, the, the idea that he wasn't a draw was one statement about being a needle mover at one time. I think yeah. we all can acknowledge. There's, and he said it, the, the, the best way it's ever been said was he said when they needed numbers on Fox, they put me on those cards. Sure. That wasn't, that wasn't, wasn't a coincidence. Right. He wasn't given an opportunity. That was his first headliner um, in, in, in UFC pay-per-view history. He had never been in the main event before. So I, I loved his line about, you know, when, when they said, congratulations, you just, uh, you just scored your biggest payday. And he's like, scored biggest payday? That was a reimbursement <laughs> for all the money I should have been making. I mean, come on, this guy is, is a savant. He's brilliant, and he doesn't get enough credit for this. But this is not, my point isn't about Nate's brilliance. It's not about Connor's brilliance. It's about what they're doing together. And it may not seem that way at first glance, but in, in, in some strange way, Conor McGregor and Nate now, Diaz are banding together here, and it's an amazing thing to witness. I agree with you 100% that they are doing this and that they're holding out for this fight. Now, is it not, you know, can you not see that it also is selfishly motivated, that they both want to make the most money for themselves? It is to a degree, but if, you know, look, fighters, at the end of the day, it's an individual sport. And they're trying to get the most, especially if you if you believe you weren't making enough back in the day. This is prize fighting. But what they're saying about the belts and all this stuff, I mean, this is stuff that has never been said before. It's sure. always been about the belts. Sure. And they're like, no, I'm going to fight this guy because he's going to get me the most money. And we have power together. We have strength in numbers. And the UFC is flying around meeting with them. And we're like, nah, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, this stuff is crazy. The, Think now, about every fighter that said, I want to be on 200. And Conor McGregor essentially said like, I don't really care. And they're and, and Nate's saying the same. I don't really care. You could take your 200. And I honestly, I think 202 is going to do better than 200 at this point. I mm-hmm. think 202 can get 2 million pay-per-view buys. I really believe and I think it would be a travesty if they can't figure this out because at the end of the day, who stands to make the most money? It's not Conor McGregor and it's not Nate Diaz. The UFC will make more money than both of them combined. That's 100% fact. That entity will make more money if this fight happens. It's good for everyone. Everything that is happening right now is great. They just need to figure out how to get this done. The financials, the terms, I don't know what it is, but they need to figure out how to get it done. And we will look back. I can assure you, a book can be written about the history of this fight. It is so complex, so interesting, but what's happening behind the scenes between these two guys coming together from different backgrounds? At first glance, you think that they despise each other. They're working together. Every little message Every little tweet, every little Instagram is them working together, and it's amazing. It is so. We've never seen anything like this. Can you can you tell me a fight this big, with this much at stake, where two fighters were actually working together, like this? Only in boxing. Yeah, I'm talking MMA. Not in MMA. Only in boxing. Um, You heard it here first. 2020. Ariel Hawani publishes his first book on. Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. I would love to. I'm just not that good of a writer, but one of these guys needs to... There was a book about... Um, it's it's a, a writer spent a weekend with Tony La Russa, the former manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. And it wasn't even like a playoff weekend. It was just like three games. I think it was against the Cubs. And he wrote a whole book about that, about just like shadowing Tony La Russa. And it's, and it's you know, very much... Um, it's, it's, it's one of the best sports books ever written, and it was widely praised. And I feel like a book about, like, the last five months can be written. And maybe you got to wait to the thing, but, like, there, there's something there for someone. Go take it and run with it because something special is happening here. Um, well said. Moving on to— Was it? I don't even know what I said. No, 
no, no, I, I know what I, I said. Think, I it's, think it's, we, hard, it's hard for me to actually. Sure. I've been thinking about this fight, and I keep, I keep saying to myself, like, this fight is, is so important in the history of this sport. If they, if they pivot and go in a different direction, and it's, you know, Connor versus Mr. X, it's not the same. It will never happen I like think, this. I think that's possible, though. I think there's a point where somebody's bluff is going to get called, and sure. you're, you're banded together, and, and you're both taking the anchor down to the bottom. Sure, so. and, and again, I'll reiterate what I said last week. The best negotiators are the ones who are willing to walk away, and yeah. both of them at this point have shown that they are willing to walk away, and those are tough guys to negotiate with. Yeah. Okay. Uh, personal favorite segment this month. Oh. Joe Rogan, when he invaded uh, Brendan uh, Schaub and Brian Callis' yes. interview. Chael Sonnen, the quote-unquote basically clean interview. Yes, yes. And the Nate Diaz one-hour special interview. Gosh, I have to pick? And I feel like not what even a, a month. Wasn't that in the that last like two, two weeks? Week yeah. yeah. Um, I can't pick. That's like picking my favorite son. Um, by the way, I would include Bisping's interview in there. I thought he was, I mean, that thing was pretty special. He was all fired up. Uh, I can't pick. I mean, the Nate one was cool. I'll say this about the Nate one. Um, and, and I alluded to this on Twitter afterwards. It's like, all I want to do, you know, forget about the scoops, breaking news, and all that stuff. Like, that to me is fun, and there's a rush that comes along with it. But to me, if I could do the big interview every day, I love the Charlie Rose show. I love the Howard Stern show. Like, give me a black room. Give me two microphones. That's all I want. I just want the big interview. And it felt like on that day, last Wednesday, that was the big interview. That was the interview that even if you hate me, you hate this show, you hate this website, you had to pay attention to it because it was just so big. That's what really gets me excited. That's what keeps me going. And I mean, getting, I mean, honestly, do you know how hard it is to get Nate Diaz on a show? That I, I felt like I was looking at a unicorn. I mean, I was like, I, I, I'm there's a good chance I will never see this again. That's what made it special as well. And it was the right time. I tried to get him on weeks prior. Everything, you know, everything came together. The stars aligned. But the big interview is, is, is what I like best. And, and, and honestly, it's like I, if I could do the big interview from here, I would be a happy man. I just like doing the big interview um, where, where everyone has to listen, where there's a juicy topic, where, you know, you get a lot of time with the guy. I mean, Gosh, I, if I could do that, so yeah, we've been uh, I, we've been lucky. But I think that answers the question. I think people can, can big, figure out from that one. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Cleveland card. This is proposed. How do you feel about this? Stipe versus Alistair. Yeah. Verdum versus Rothwell. Do you like that fight? I love it. Uh, Verdum versus Rothwell. Yeah. Yeah. Great fight. That was the one per- that was announced perfect, on Sunday. Yeah. Perfect, perfect one to to build them both back. Yeah. Uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Brian Caraway. I will also say, by the way, I like it because Rothwell said on this show that he made a mistake by taking the JDS fight, and, and you know, whatever you feel about that is fine. But it's kind of cool that he's getting a chance to fight the champ when he really didn't have to take that fight, in my opinion. Not, not the champ. No, 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 the, the former champ. Like, there you, like go. He, he, you know, beating Barnett should have been enough. And it's cool that he's getting a chance to fight the guy who was the champion when he took the fight against JDS. It feels like somewhat of a consolation. Right, like, it feels like he can still springboard yeah, up yeah. from this. Uh, Matt Brown versus Carlos Condit. Well, Matt Brown was just announced against Jake Ellenberger at 201. Well, which there you I, go. You know, so that's out. Yeah, that's out. Um, and Jessica I versus Ashley Evans-Smith. I don't hate that because I think I need to win and you got to build her back up. So maybe she should take a step back in the, in the ranking. What about Sarah McMahon's title shot request? I we mean, had some questions about that, but I didn't feel it was really relevant because they're asking, just, they're just, asking, <laughs> what do you think about it? Should you do it? Of course you should do it. You should always call for something. And, and you were just giving Caraway the credit for sure. aiming high and aiming for the title shot. Now, is she going to get it? Not a chance in hell. That was not a performance. It was just that the way that she said shot. it. And yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like she believed that she was in line for that title shot. She's just shot so either. polite. Um, 
but yeah, that's what you have to do. That's was, what you have to do. It was just so polite, but it wasn't, it wasn't the performance that's going to get you no, the title shot. No, it is not. Well, you give her credit for asking for it, but uh, just the way she said it would just cracked me up. Anyway, um, so I, Evan Smith, is cool. You we'll call this the, the Cavaliers Championship uh, victory card. Uh, something like that. I, I am looking for it. I hope that there's no hard feelings between the, the citizens of Cleveland and I. In fact, uh, oh, I, there used, will be. I used to wear an Indian's hat back in the of day. Of course you did. You've repped every single team in every single sport. No, no. Um, I actually used to collect hats and, and, and loved wearing <laughs> them. But, I mean, th- this this narrative that you're trying to put out to the world that I'm some kind of bandwagon jumper is, I mean, is so wrong. I'll I am the, the most loyal. I, I, I wear the hat of a team that don't doesn't exist. It, 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 it is no longer in the ether. So, and, and like, you talk about loyalty. I mean, come on. Uh, last question was about the betting stakes, but we'll, we'll figure that out in oh, the next great. two days. Of course, Joe Daddy has to weigh in on this. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the right below Vinny Magalhaes, probably like the second biggest <laughs> troll That's in funny. Uh, in MMA right Joe now. Joe Daddy, I met him in uh, in uh, Houston. Yeah. Had nothing but great things to say about you. Uh, I, I met him too. He was eating, um, he was nursing, as they say, a large bowl of french fries uh, and couldn't be bothered to get up and shake my hand. He was just so busy with his french Wait, fries. Wait, so how did you know it was him? Because then he tweeted me afterwards. This is a long time ago, maybe like UFC 136. No, I think it was Strike Force in Dallas. Him and his cronies were just sitting around <laughs> eating these french fries and, and they cronies. just... They just could not be bothered. They're like, yo, what's up, Ariel? Here we are eating French fries. It's like, eh, don't even offer me any. Can't even be bothered. All right, let's look at some of the uh, the odds before we go. Can we do that? Sure. Uh, brrr, UFC 199 is this weekend, of course. How about the other Dong Young Kim versus Polo Reyes? Uh, Dong Young Kim. Correct. How, you know what's interesting? Wow, I've never seen this before. He's minus 105... On one site, five dimes, mm-hmm. and then he's plus one hundred one. Actually, he's not the my mistake. He's plus one hundred one on another site, and then minus one hundred two on the other. Well, it, it, it depends on what the other person is. Minus one thirty five, minus one twenty nine. No, minus so then that person is the favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just saw the minus one hundred five. Well, the, he the was discrepancy the, the discrepancy comes from it being a close fight, and so. One, you know, there may have been action at one book versus another that pushed it in the other direction. When it's that close, that can happen sometimes. Uh, Kevin Casey versus Elvis Mutapchich. Uh, Mutapchich, I think. Yes, minus 135 plus 121. Jonathan Wilson versus Luis Enrique da Silva. Da Silva. You know, uh, minus 199 plus 179. Okay, here we go with the interesting fights. Tom Breeze, Sean Strickland. Uh, Breeze. Well, this is interesting. Breeze is a minus 106. Strickland, a minus 104. Who's the favorite? Breeze, but like that's that's essentially that's a, pick a pick em? Em, yeah. Jessica Penne against Jessica Andrade. Um, <laughs> Jessica Penne. Yes, minus 141 plus 131. James Vick, Benil Dariush. Ooh, that's a good one. Huh. Super close ones here. Yeah. I'm going to say Dariush, but I think it's close, obviously, as you already yes. said. Um, yes. Minus 152 for Dariush, plus 141 for Vick. Brian Ortega against Clay Guida. That's an interesting one. 
because I think Guida has the style to kind of neutralize him, but you don't really want to play in Brian's guard. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with... Or uh, I want to say Ortega because of the youth factor, but then I feel like Guida's going to get the love. Um, let's go Let's go Guida. Incorrect. Minus 219 plus 192. See, that's a little surprising. I think there's value on Guida there. Yeah. Um, all right, how about this? Dustin Poirier, Bobby Green. Dustin's going to be the favorite. Minus 200 plus 186. You're right. Okay, how about this? Oh, well, why is Alex Caceres so high up? Um Okay, let's go to Caceres Miller. This is way lower on the card, but for some reason it's higher Cole, up. Cole's going to be the favorite there. Minus 158, plus 146. You are correct. Dan Henderson, Hector Lombard. Lombard. Minus 309, plus 265. You are correct. Max Holloway, Ricardo Lamas. Holloway. Yes, minus 280, plus 242. Yeah, these are getting easier as it goes up. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Uriah. Dominic, big. So yeah, so so Dominic is a uh, minus four ninety five and Faber is a plus four fifty. You like that? I d- or is it worth taking a flyer? As they it's say hard for this? me. It's hard for me to get over the fact that I thought T.J. Dillashaw was going to be the champion for for a long time. Yeah, and uh, Dominic came in and pretty much blew his doors off. So it's hard for me to. Actually, that's not fair. He didn't blow his doors off, but he looked damn good. Um, it's hard for me to think that Faber is going to be able to do better than Dillashaw did. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think that's about right. I def, obviously, I like Cruz in the fight. Okay, and how about Luke Rockhold and Michael Bisping? Yeah, I'm not, giving, I mean, I'm not giving Michael Bisping much of a chance in this one. Wow. A minus 590 to be Look, exact. Look, I think that's okay. His own son isn't yeah. even picking him. Um, that said, I mean, what the, the third fight between them would do gangbusters if, uh, if Bisping can pull it off. Oh, yeah. Wow, would it? The trilogy fight Holy there. Moly. Can or you actually, imagine Michael for Bisping, Bisping it would be number four because he'd say he has two wins over him, right. one in the training room, one so, yeah, in the... Yeah, he doesn't need the, uh, yeah. the third fight or the fourth fight. Um, by the way, I love how Bisping's kids, you notice like they, they, they have American accents, but they're sure. like slight English accents as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's you're, great. When you're here and you're growing up with, with people who speak like like uh, Americans, then that's what, that's what you're going to adopt. So... Um, I, I just lo- I love that scene from Embedded. It was it was one of the best things ever. Okay, what about? I wonder if there's maybe it's too early, but Rockhold first round KO. Well, if you give me a sec, I can actually look and see. Because he if called that's... his shot like Garbrandt. I wonder in hindsight what Garbrandt's. No, they don't have the round by round yet. It's not out yet. But I have a feeling that it will be. It won't be that it won't pay that much because I think people are expecting Rockhold to finish him pretty early. You think it happens in a round? I mean, last time you know he he got it done in what was it two? Two, yeah. Um, this time Bisping has much less time to prepare. Uh, he's going to have to take some risks early because he's going to have to finish it early himself. Luke's obviously going to have the cardio edge. Um, I think there's potential for a finish uh, a finish early. Yeah. Wow. All right. And that's UFC 199. That's UFC 199. Uh, by the way, before I go, I wanted to just uh, send the best to Valentina Shevchenko and oh, her yeah. team. Crazy scene yesterday. You can read about it uh, on our website. Um, caught in a shootout and, I mean, just, just horrific stuff. So I wanted to send uh, my best to their team. And uh, the early reports state that Shevchenko uh, wasn't harmed, 
And of course, she is scheduled to fight Holly Holm on July 23rd in Chicago. Uh, no word yet on if this affects it at all. Um, but, you know, her longtime coach, mentor, someone very important to her was was hurt in this. And, you know, you, you just hope that everyone's okay. And gosh, I can't imagine. So um, just want to send my best to Valentina and her team. And I also wanted to mention before we go that uh, I've been seeing some articles and tweets about this online um, that today is the uh, the 10th anniversary of the passing of Ryan Bennett, who uh, I never had the pleasure of meeting, but I wish I did. Um, he passed away um, after being involved in a, in a car accident 10 years ago today. I remember exactly where I was when I read it online. He had just started working with the Fight Network in Canada and, of course, um, you know, helped put MMAweekly.com on the map and had a radio show online. I mean, really a pioneer when it came to um, MMA media and even did some work for the UFC and other promotions um, on top of being a, uh, a sports anchor. Never had the opportunity to meet him. Wish I did. Um, and, and really someone that, you know, when you see people, the way they talk about him still and the impact that he had and the positivity and the love that he had for mixed martial arts, um, he, he definitely will not be forgotten. I, I wish, you know, our, our past could have crossed um, you know, when, he, when he was still around, but uh, I, I wanted to mention that and, and thank him uh, wherever he may be for what he did for the sport and in particular uh, MMA journalists. So, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Bennett, definitely not forgotten 10 years later. I, I just wanted to, to mention that at the end of the show as well. Uh, there's a great article about him on foxsports.com written by Damon Martin, um, who did work for him over at mmaweekly.com. If you want to learn more about his impact and his story, I suggest checking that out. There's a couple of videos in there as well. Really great stuff from Damon, and uh, very cool that they posted that on foxsports.com. All right, uh, well, we are done. Anything else you want to say before you go? Nothing? No crazy bets? No offers? Nothing? Go Cavs. All right, there you go. Games one. Uh, games one. Game one on Thursday. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, look, you want, you want, to, you want to come at me with a, with a bet? I'm, I'm here. You know where to find me, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Warriors in seven only because I want to see them celebrate this time on their home court. Uh, I'm gonna say over under. I'm gonna set the line at 48 for flops from LeBron, and uh, I'll say maybe 15 or so missed free uh, three pointers from J.R. Smith in the first three games. So I'll just stick with the first three games for now. But uh, that's not what we care about. We care about UFC 199. It is this Saturday. It's in Inglewood, California. I can't wait. I go there tomorrow. Um, and so I'll be there for all the stuff beginning Thursday. I leave uh, tomorrow night. So stay tuned for our coverage. The, the fight week stuff actually kicks off tomorrow with the open workout. So definitely do not go anywhere. You can hit my music. We are done. Fun show today on this special Tuesday edition of the MMA Hour, May 31st, our final show in the great month of May. There is nothing like May, June, and July. I'm just in such a good mood over the next two months now. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like one long Saturday. It gets darker later. It's like still nine o'clock and, and then you can see some sunlight out there. I mean, what, what, what a time to be alive, right? And you get all these great fights back to back to back to back. Soon, now we're getting into June. We've got Rory and Wonder Boy coming up. And then of course, all the great fights, UFC 200 week. It is a great time to be a fan of mixed martial arts. Wow. 
but May, June, July, there's just something special in the air. Love it. Alright. Fun show. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in. Thank you to, uh, to all our guests today. Great group of guests. If you were hoping for Paige Van Zandt, apologize about that, but uh, I assure you that she'll be on in the very near future. I want to thank Cody Garbrandt for coming on twice. How about that? Congratulations to him. Good luck getting that fight against uh, Brian Caraway. Thank you very much to Chris Weidman, and best of luck to him as he gets ready to go under the knife. Still not 100% sure, but weighing his options right now. Thank you very much to Luke Rockhold coming on just days before his big title fight against Michael Bisping. Best of luck to him. Thank you very much to Brian Caraway for stopping by as well. Congratulations on the big win. Thank you very much to Uriah Faber for stopping by. Good luck to him on Saturday night. And thank you very much to Stipe Miocic. Again, congratulations on becoming the UFC heavyweight champion. Give us a rating on iTunes. Back next week, same time and place. Until I say, peace, somebody out.